Give me land, lots of land, and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me in. Friday to all of you people. Yes, my friends. What a day. It's starting to become winter. We know that. Man. It's 59 degrees in here, dudes. I mean, it's like it's like freezing cold in the studio. And I got to get JB or somebody to get this, to get the heat on. Because is the heat actually on? Oh, you turned it off. Yeah, you popped it up. Okay. It's 59 degrees in this in this studio right now. <coughs> and I kind of feel like I'm getting a cold and all that stuff. So I'm thinking, oh, Lord, this isn't going to be fun. But uh, we'll figure it out one way or the other. Good morning this morning, everybody. And happy 90th birthday to my dear, 
mom. She's 90 years old today. So we've had uh, people in and out all throughout the uh, week here, and it's been a fabulous blast. And tonight we've got the big uh, gallery opening with all of my mother's quilts that she's made throughout the years. So that's really cool. And then uh, tomorrow night hosting her official birthday party, which is going to be a blast. So it's uh, it's really Amazing, 90 years old, love her to death, and I might just even call her this morning, depending on how late she had to stay up last night with all of the uh, fanfare, all the all the things, uh, all the things going on. So, uh, happy good morning to you, my friends. Did you know? I, did you see the latest on the uh, on the bit of fake news regarding the Acosta thing? No, and and did you notice that it was actually the people in the some people in the conservative media, including over there at Hot Air, who played a part in this faked claim that somehow the the tape that has been distributed by the White House was doctored. They they acted as if the tape was doctored, and they went out there. And claim that the tape that Sarah Huckabee Sanders retweeted or whatever uh, was a doctored tape of the the hand grabbing and the grab fest that went on between Acosta and the White House intern, uh, the communications intern, and they acted as if there was a there was some kind of uh, speed up of the of the hand or Acosta's hand or her hand, and they tried to make uh, the Acosta move worse than it was. And I saw this yesterday on the Hot Air website. And Hot Air is uh, a website that purports to be conservative, but that's the website I've been telling you about that has the that, – that has a guy named Alapundit on there. And, of course, you know – Anybody who's a blogger or a conservative commentator or whatever, I mean, when you're not when you're using a pseudonym, that's so unprofessional and so babyish and so cowardly, and there's everything wrong with that when you're a conservative commentator and also, by the way, a frequent critic of the president, and yet you don't use your real name. Who the hell does that? Like, like not even, not even the the left wing has people on there who do things, but they hide behind a, a, a pseudonym. And 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 the only thing you have to do is ask, why would you? Why are you hiding behind a name? Like, why? Why? Are, what would be the reason for a person to be in? the realm of where we are right now in terms of politics and in terms of punditry and commentating and all that kind of thing, why would you use a fake name? I, I just, I, that, that confounds me and it confounds me even more that people don't, uh, it doesn't bother people. And that, that drives me crazy. It's like, like why, how do you, how are you taking this person seriously when they are using a name that's not their real name. And so Alapundit is the guy's name. And, and and clearly the only reason to do that is because you don't want people to know 
who you are. You don't want anyone to to know who you are or your or to question your motives because a person who uses a fake name like that uh, is a person who's who doesn't want to be exposed, who doesn't want people to know who they are for a reason. So that there's a reason why this person doesn't want to know who want you to know who they are. And all you have to do is try to find out like what is that reason? What is the reason this person doesn't want to know who they are? And my guess is that it's just somebody who you'd be able to immediately dismiss them because they have a bias or they they have certain motivations because they're this this guy's a never trumper. This Alapunta dude is a is a never trumper and and hates Trump and actively campaigned against him on the hot air site and continues to ridicule him, but he doesn't want us to know who he is or she is or whatever it is. So anyway, they were the ones in the conservative media who were pressing this issue, this 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 notion that the Acosta tape that was retweeted by the White House was somehow doctored, and they traced it back to uh, Infowars or whatever. And the guy who made the tape, who made the the actual video, uh, went ahead and 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 explained that. Are we are we having issues? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You guys are you guys having trouble with the? Uh, anybody else having trouble with the app, or um, is it uh, somehow not working? Okay, it kicked itself out, so it's it's all right. It's back in. All right, great. All right, guys. Uh, sorry about that. So, uh, the 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 app is back. So so uh, my my apologies. So anyway, they 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 put this tape out, and and the White House released the tape, and it was sh- really a close up. It was showing the aggressiveness of Acosta's hand. Now keep in mind, Acosta. This is this is not the whole hand thing, or whether he touched her or not, isn't relevant to this story. It, it it doesn't matter. His comportment alone is enough to kick him out of the White House, to keep him from doing his craft. Any another outburst or something like that is intolerable. What he did was was an embarrassment to journalism, to CNN, to the president, and to this country. And as far as I'm concerned, kick him out forever. Bar him forever from the White House. I don't care what news organization or what, you know, association for this or association for that. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's dangerous, a guy like that shouldn't be allowed within five feet of the president. The guy's mentally ill and a narcissist, and who the hell knows what's going to happen further down the line when you when you've got that kind of behavior. So again, it's irrelevant whether or not Jim Acosta touched this White House intern. I mean, it's only relevant to the point where it just simply reinforces the fact that he's an asshole and that he shouldn't be at the White House and shouldn't even be at CNN. 
but but th- there's plenty of reason to keep him from being in the White House. There's plenty of reasons for that. A- and so anyway, let's go back to the tape. So the uh, the person who made the tape explained that the tape was not doctored. It was a zoom-in of the hand of Jim Acosta and the White House intern. It, it was just a it was a it was very simple. It, they zoomed in and 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 when you zoom in the frames per second on the on the on the video changes. And I, I don't really know everything there is to know about all of that necessarily. I don't I don't know everything there is to know about video technology. But when you uh when you do that and you and and you and you zoom in on something and you get a close up invariably the the eye and the frame speed tends to increase just a little bit i don't know why that is uh i i i i'm not quite sure what the mathematics are, are on that but the but that's but that's how that goes that's how that works where where the where the frame speed changes so it, it's a visible change but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's doctored. It doesn't mean it's. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't mean that you've doctored the tape. So, and, and to make the claim that it's doctored, when you don't have proof that it's doctored, is also troublesome. And and because you, what you because what you want to do, because you hate Trump so much, and because uh, you 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 love CNN or want to defend them so much, you actually then create your own fake storyline that this is some kind of doctored tape, that's a problem. And, and when you are a conservative media outlet or supposedly one, like Hot Air, and you promote this idea that it's a doctored tape just to dismiss the complaints against Jim Acosta, then you're doing what CNN and all the other guys do anyway, and that is you are promoting fake news your your fake news itself and so that's what happened all day yesterday i don't know whether you saw uh, this situation but that's what happened yesterday it 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 uh, became the story that somehow this was a doctored tape and and it was all over the 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 social media and all over everywhere else that that oh they they doctored the tape and and this tape that the white house released was a was a fake tape and blah blah blah, and so that was the storyline we got uh, yesterday. And, it was, and unfortunately, it was promoted by the the some conservative sites. So anyway, that that's the story about that, where they themselves promoted fake news uh, on, on this on this matter. So uh, we'll be following up on that. I, I've got uh, Jim Talent joining me at about eight o'clock today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Jeff Sessions deal a little bit about what's going to be going on with uh, the next uh, person who is uh, the going to be the attorney general. Who is that going to be? Uh, will it be Chris Christie? Who knows? And then also we're going to have uh, the guys from Golden Oak in, and uh, it's going to be uh, a fun morning, and happy Friday to all of you. And I'm kind of wearing my hood, even though obviously my shoes are off, but I'm wearing my hood because I'm freezing cold. Eventually I'll warm up, and I, I have, and it doesn't help that I have cold coffee. I have my, my cold brew coffee. Nothing's... Nothing is warm that I have in my in, in my vicinity right now. So anyway, by the way, uh, 
I, I, some of you just reminded me, and and on the on the Facebook page, hold on. pretty good the cold brew I, i've uh i've got to get um so I'm, I'm getting i think i'm getting a little bit of a cold i don't know why but i'm 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 starting to get it must be the weather or whatever i wasn't wearing a coat yesterday and so who knows how you how you get how do you get colds i don't know but uh i think i'm getting one all right so you guys have been wondering uh on the stream uh, i'm on on the facebook page about richard and and now that you uh now that you bring it up, I do wonder where he is. If, does anybody know where Richard is? Remember Richard? And and he'd be on the he'd be on the uh, okay, Mama K okay, elderberry, huh? All right, I'll do that. So I, I uh, lavender oil and elderberry. I'm gonna be yeah, yeah. The kids the kids were sick all week, so they were. Uh, they, they, they were the stomach flu was going around. Uh, the kids all had it, except for uh, uh, Natalie wound up not getting it, and so there's a. I guess there's a chance that uh, that someone, but someone had a cold. Um, there were people around here who had colds too. I think weren't there? There were people around here, yeah, who had a cold, and then uh, and then there were people. There was somebody at the watch party who had a cold. I know that. So that's probably where I where I got it. I don't know. Who knows? I I, I don't. I get over colds pretty uh, uh, pretty easily. Yeah, Anthony, it's true. Getting colds from weather is. I I heard that it. I, you know, th- that getting colds from weather is a uh, is a is a thing that, that that that's not real. Like one of the one of the famous stories about getting colds from weather was uh, was the William Henry Harrison presidential story. And so William Henry Harrison was uh, elected president. I think it was back in 1820 uh, something. Let me just double check on, on the, uh, on the actual date so I can, uh, not that it matters. He was Benjamin Harrison's great grandfather. Um, and and uh, here, hold on. Yeah. So he, he, he was uh he was elected president. He was the twenty third president of the United States, uh, uh, and he. No, I'm sorry. Uh, he's the he's the paternal grandfather of, of Benjamin Harrison, and he was president of the United States from eighteen forty one from March of eighteen forty one to April of eighteen forty one, and he he was the president after Martin Van Buren and right before John Tyler, and. It was 1841 when he was uh, taking the uh, the he was inaugurated then, and so what happened is he gave his speech, his inauguration speech, and apparently it, the, the the claim is that it was the weather was cold, and he was uh, giving his his inauguration speech, and his inauguration speech was like really long. It was uh it was. Uh, they 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 thought that the it was due because there was bad weather as inauguration but but uh he was uh he apparently was already kind of ill as it was and so the the claim initially was and this is something i heard my whole life 
is that William Henry Harrison's speech was like an hour or whatever. And, and so he got pneumonia. Uh, he had a cold. He got a cold from being outside giving his speech that whole time. And really, the fact is, it wasn't until three weeks after his inauguration that he actually got sick. And so they he he was very busy and whatever and so he died after being in office for a month so he died after being in a in a uh, in a for a month he was president of the united states and wound up dying uh, of uh, pneumonia so septic shock and and uh, you know they, they back in those days man it was it was bad back in those days there was uh, uh, public sewage problems and, you know, uh, the White House water supply was kind of plugged into the public sewage and it was bleh. So they tried uh, uh, lots of things to try to, to, to help him uh, with his cold. And so they used uh, opium, castor oil, leeches, I guess to 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 drain blood or do whatever where you you use the leech therapy and then they used a thing called Virginia snakeweed and, and and apparently though all the the things they tried to do was uh actually made it worse and he and he became crazy like delirious and then 9 days after he fell ill he died so uh they they thought that it was uh pneumonia but there's a possibility that he had uh he died of septic shock or something cuz it was disgusting back then so and 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 the uh and the and the problem is too that that period of time was just was when you got sick man you got you got sick and so i i go back to my family back in the days and they came over to the um, to the U.S. Uh, well, at the time it wasn't even the U.S., but in the 1600s on my mom's side, they came over. And the 1820s and 1840s were not kind to my family. They had uh, they lived on a farm in Pennsylvania, and they uh, they had they went through one winter. I think it was uh, 1843. They went through one winter where uh, uh, four children in in one family died, uh, and and that was from uh, just from a variety of diseases. The winters were terrible then, and that's why people had a bunch of like you know ten kids because uh, because they they <laughs> they'd lose half of them along the way. It was really a hard time to live back in those days. And and anyway, it's a long way to go to tell you about. Fact that I have a little bit of a cold. We'll see how that goes, and I'll I'll get rid of it and and uh, knock it out today. Maybe I'll go to Doctor Eric Naputi and get the uh, get the the Myers cocktail with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of vitamin C in it. Who knows? All right. So yesterday too, the Tucker Carlson story became even uh, crazier because the Antifa people. Uh, by the way, we're being supported by all these left-wingers, but Antifa even shut its own Twitter account down uh, there in California uh, or in, in, in D.C. 
and they 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 shut the the Twitter account down because they were getting so much blowback from their possible home invasion of Tucker Carlson, and we we noticed that both ABC and NBC totally ignored the story. I mean, they they completely ignored the attack on Tucker Carlson. Now, keep in mind, this is from a news media that has spent the latter part of, uh, of the last two years complaining that they were in danger because of, of President Trump's language and calling them the enemy media and everything else, that, that actually their lives were in danger and their lives were the ones who, uh, who had the problem. And, and, and so uh, and, and they were under siege and they would talk about, like, for instance, the murder of a journalist uh, over in some third world country and say, see, that's what happens when you do this. And President Trump's language is causing all this. And I'm like, that's, you know. First of all, I knew that they were just being overly dramatic, and so that that wasn't that wasn't the issue. But they've been complaining about this for God knows how long, and there hasn't been one incident at all, with the exception of a group of people who might yell to CNN that CNN sucks. Because remember, when Jim Acosta or someone someone chants CNN sucks, it becomes national news. It becomes not only news to CNN, but the other news organizations made a make a big ass deal about Trump supporters saying CNN sucks and how that is a, a po- possible danger to uh, the journalists out there. When you say CNN sucks, you're creating an environment where it's dangerous for journalists. And it's this. It's like, oh come on, it's it's people chanting CNN sucks. And you know what? CNN does suck. So anyway. They're acting as if their lives are all in danger every step of the way. And so what? when a journalist like Tucker Carlson, he's a commentator as well as a journalist, when they are accosted at their home by the left, that should be a big story. But the reason it's not a big story is because it's not Trump supporters doing it. And that as as long as the... Left wing are angry. Again, they can, as per the orders of Maxine Waters, as long as they are angry and as long as they are ass heard about the election and as long as they just simply can call you a racist, then they can do whatever they want to. And, and no one will say a word about it. I mean, this was a, this was a mob of people who went to the home of a person on TV in this country, a commentator, and almost tried to, uh, to got into the house. They were, they were pushing on the door, pushing through the door. Tucker Carlson's wife says that she was uh, having to go hide in the pantry and, and call 911, but they were trying to get in. So the, the, the tape you heard that I, that I played for you yesterday – the uh, the tambourine tape and uh, you know banging their tambourines and saying wait wait no where you sleep and you know those people at first I was laughing about it because I was like yeah look at these goofballs who then uh, then the 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 truth comes out about what exactly these guys did and uh, 
and and they were more dangerous than than I even saw on paper there. And by the way, uh, where the hell are the police and where were Tucker Carlson's neighbors? And I realized uh, the people doing the tape were Antifa people, so they might not have uh, recorded the po- arrival of the police. But but I don't even know whether the police actually ever ever got there. And 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 again, where are the law enforcement authorities when all this stuff is going on? It's kind of like when they go to the when they go to the restaurants and yell at people. It's like where the hell are the people working at the restaurants? Where are the people who own the place? Why aren't these people being kicked out and and drummed out and pushed out? Where the hell is everybody? And 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 that's what bothers me is that, is that these people are allowed to do whatever they want to do. Apparently, this this Antifa group cut off both sides of the street. Uh, you know, and I'm sorry, but but if I'm if I'm a neighbor of somebody, and, and you could tell he had neighbors, but but if I but if I'm a neighbor, why are they tolerating any of this? I mean, seriously, and and, and again. Uh, Pushing into a house, I mean, it's it's too bad Tucker Carlson's wife wasn't armed or if she was, didn't have the wherewithal just to blast a hole through the door. Because if someone's coming through my house and they're banging on the door, I'm shooting them. I mean, I'll, I'll let whoever wants to uh, judge it, but but I'm not letting it get any farther than that. What was the whole thing? I'd rather be judged by... Uh, nine people then carried by them in a casket, but you know what? You know what the 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 drift is there. But man, you get people going in. Uh, I'm I'm a uh, I'm I'm blasting a hole right through the door. I don't care what the hell who who you are. You're pushing into my house. The minute you crack my door, uh, I'm unloading on you, and I'll buy a new door. Judged by 12. Yeah, at least that's what it is. Judged by 12. And yeah, Margaret, you're right. The neighbors probably don't want to get it. I mean, I, I get it. I understand. You're not just going to come out and start, you know, violent people. You never know what's going to happen. But anyway, so you'd think that the news media then at that point would cover the story. But be, but because it's not a liberal journalist being victimized, they don't care. And so... I think ABC covered the story. No, uh, CBS covered the story, but ABC and NBC completely ignored it. And of course, it didn't get much play at all, if any, on on the other ones. Here's how it here's how it fleshed out with uh, Tucker, uh, and 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 ultimately when they when they talked about it, uh, how it fleshed out uh, with uh, with it. I'm having trouble again with the, with this uh, with this site with this tape. I, I can't get my uh, my tape to roll. But anyway, the CBS did manage to give it a little bit of coverage. And hopefully when, when things get, um, get uh, booted up here, I'll be able to play it for you. But, but, but the, the long and short of it is CBS was the only mainstream network to even cover the story. And even then they didn't give it a, a, a whole lot of attention. Uh, and, and actually it wasn't treated like it was a, a thing like it was a problem. It wasn't treated like it was something that needed to be discussed on a on a larger scale. Like for instance, if you had 
the let's just let's let's just pretend if you had George Stephanopoulos's home attacked by a bunch of Trump supporters, you would have five member panels talking about it, and and they would be talking about it on all of the networks. You'd have people who were talking about this as a as a larger issue, as a bigger issue, and so. Uh, with with Tucker being the conservative, uh, they they weren't going to do anything about it, and th- and that's just uh, that's just too bad. So we're going to get to the national anthem. Uh, Jimmy Talent's going to be on the way, and then we're going to talk about what's happened also in California because now uh, the situation there is they're talking about the fact that this guy was uh, a person suffering from PTSD and and didn't get the kind of help uh, that that he should have gotten. And so uh, that's the story from California, but we're going to follow up on that. I'm trying to figure out, ultimately, that's coming uh, this weekend. I, I'm surprised it didn't happen already, uh, but uh, this weekend, uh, it, it, uh, it, was, it will be ultimately be blamed on, on President Trump. Uh, that's at least uh, my view of how this whole thing is going to go down. Anyway, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. This is weird. I can't. I can't get my. I can't get my computer to, to fire anything today. I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what the deal is. I'm going to have to. Uh, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to uh, 
restart the computer and, and figure it out because I can't get anything to roll. I can't get my Golden Oak Landing spot to roll. I couldn't get my uh, my music to roll. Although although the uh, the um, the the national anthem played, so God must have been like looking out for. Uh, uh, for us in the, in that sense, because God let the national anthem play, but didn't let anything else play, so that that was that, that must have been uh, part of it too. Is it is that uh, you know the Lord uh, gave us the national anthem and then allowed us to uh, to work it that way? Hang on, I'm, I'm getting this together here. I was trying to get the uh, my deal going here. I can't I can't get this thing to uh, start. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Oh, there we go. Okay, all right. This is not. Uh, it's 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 fifty nine degrees in the studio, and my computer doesn't work, and it's become fast becoming a uh, Friday nightmare as I'm trying to get everything going here. But uh, oh well, that's the way it goes. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you just don't have everything working in when you need everything working. That's all. I'm just telling you. It's it's not anything that is it's it's these and, and plus I've got something going with my my programs that that start uh, like this uh, there's that, 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 that pop in on me and I don't understand how they start all by themselves and it's just kind of crazy but you know what some people have just one of those days you know what I'm saying but I also ha- I'm also feeling like I'm having problems uh, with the internet in general you guys and I don't know I don't know what that is. But I've I've had issues with with the internet, uh, and, and you. But you don't have any problem with the internet, right? Everything's everything's going okay for you. Okay, well that's fine. I just want to make sure I can catch up here and get my uh, get my act together. But I've had, been having problems all week with whatever's been going on, and uh, I want to catch up. That's all. I'm glad I'm glad you guys are bearing with me. But uh, sometimes it's a pain in the ass, y'all. It's a pain in the butt, y'all. That's all. I'm just telling you. Sometimes it can be a problem. That's all. I'm not getting anything uh, here either. Let me just. Uh... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not having much luck here, people. Here, let me just see if this works. If it hadn't been forgotten, I'd go. I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? If it hadn't been forgotten, I'd go. I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Good morning, everybody. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. That's where we are. Played this for the girls last night. They loved it. Rednecks, R E D N E X. I love these guys. I can't imagine. Maybe the Facebook algorithms are picking up on it, but maybe they will be. kind of the way things go, folks. It's uh, new music. Well, for the girls it is. Oh, they, they knocked me off. 
what they did. Knock me off. Okay. I guess I guess the song is uh, is that happening. I I guess I guess I'll I'll turn it I'll turn it down then, huh? Oh well, I, I you know, boy, it's 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 quite the it's quite the gremlin day here today. Although that wasn't really gremlin oriented, that was me just uh, uh, toying around and 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 tempting fate with the the guys over at uh, over there. Boy, I'll tell you what, you guys, this uh, Florida thing and Arizona thing is just going nuts. I don't know whether you're catching up on on what's happening, but the uh, the situation in Florida now is that is it now we're facing a uh, a recount in Florida, and, and this is going to be a debacle. Uh, Governor Rick Scott has said that there is evidence, possibly, of rampant voter fraud in Broward and in Palm Beach counties. And and apparently there were a bunch of uh, election supervisors who are possibly part of this debacle there where they have not adequately monitored how ballots are being counted there in Florida. And so you have uh, Broward and Palm Beach counties who they are claiming might be trying to thwart the will of the voters there. And he's uh, and, and Governor Scott is ordering the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and that's that's what it's called there, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to I- investigate what's happening. The elections offices there in uh, in uh, in in Florida. Are we are we back on Matt or what's up? Yes, okay, okay. Um, so uh, that you guys were asking about that earlier, but but this is this has become a pretty big ass deal, and and Governor Rick Scott it was was uh, holding a news conference about this uh, there in uh, in, in uh, Tampa Bay where he was, and and, and the fact of the matter is uh, there are. He says there's evidence that there are people who are in these supervisory offices who are uh, quite possibly uh, part of this cabal, the part of this this group that that is that has been overseeing these elections, and now suddenly we're we're in a situation where we've got this this damn uh, recount situation going on. Because and so so Gillum and DeSantis this this uh, this this election hasn't now been uh, been determined to 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 be over. So you know, honestly, folks, <clears throat> I'm seeing a, a real possibility that there's some there's this election could wind up going Gillum's way for crying out loud. And so Governor Rick Scott, he's filed a lawsuit against the uh, Broward County Supervisor Elections Office uh, saying basically that there's a strong possibility there could be rampant fraud in the entire ballot counting process there. 
and the National Republican Senatorial Committee has filed a lawsuit uh, late yesterday and demanding that this supervisor, Brenda Snipes, be ordered to turn over uh, some, some of these documents and, 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 and will have to ultimately uh, uh, turn over some documents and, 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 and be accountable uh, to, to what happened over there. And so, and so they're ordering her, this, this Brenda Snipes chick, to, 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 to turn over all of her records. And then ultimately, it turns out there's a possibility in Arizona that uh, she that 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 election now might be going the way of of the Democrat. So this is this has now become a situation where you know once again we're looking at a at a at a, at a situation where Lord have mercy now suddenly we are in the throes of this tough election. And it turns out that the damn Democrats seemingly are not going to allow it to happen. That, 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 that something's up here with this Gillum thing. And, and, and they wanted this guy to win so badly. And now suddenly we're in a situation where, uh, where we, 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 there's a strong possibility of, of rampant fraud, uh, not only in, uh, in Broward County, but also in, in, uh, in Palm Beach County. And, you know, DeSantis won this, uh, in my opinion, fair and square, but it was a tight race. And, it's, and, and I realize it's demanding some kind of, uh, of, uh, of rework here. I get it. But the reality is this, th- this thing doesn't, it, it doesn't look good. It, it doesn't look right. And it, it doesn't look like we're going to, uh, ultimately get the outcome that, that, uh, that is going to be fair by any stretch of the imagination. And, and that's what's so damn concerning about it is we just don't know how this thing is going to go down. But, but, but this woman, Brenda Snipes, she's a, she's a character anyway, but there we go. Here we go with, with, with uh, this, I'm sorry, but this ghetto-ass operation down there in Broward County. And, 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 and this woman was, was – uh, was as Trisha points out, was caught doing this in 2016, and and, she, and so she's a crook as far as I'm concerned. And now suddenly we're going to see the possibility of the uh, the overturning of this election in Florida, thanks to thanks to the possibility of, of rampant voter fraud. And in Arizona, it doesn't seem to be uh, fraud that that really is 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 the problem necessarily. It, it's that. Uh, it's that they just are late counting votes. You have a you have a situation where hold on a second here. Um, I'm trying to trying to get this says I'm not connected to the internet. Hold on. I uh, am I on the uh, am I on Gaslight uh, Public or hold on. You know what. Fuck this! I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and use my uh, use my. No, that's okay. I'm going to use my uh, Wi-Fi hotspot and do it that way, and 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 get on that way. Lord have mercy. Hang on. Just do it this way, and then I can I can I can get it done. Um, there we go. It's uh. 
I don't know what my 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 deal is, but I am having real issues with uh, real technical issues with my uh, thing here, and I don't I don't know why necessarily, but uh, having issues, having my problems. Yeah, so this uh, this Brenda Snipes chick is is trouble with a capital T, and and she's she's. Uh, She's 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 had situations where she's uh, where in 2016 she was caught doing this. And now suddenly we're in 2018. Nothing ever happened to her. And Governor Scott is saying, you know, something better, better happened. As the race for the U.S. Senate seat between Governor Rick Scott and Senator Bill Nelson narrows. The gap keeps getting tighter tonight. Just 15,000 votes separate the candidates. Every Floridian should be concerned there may be rampant fraud happening in Palm Beach and Broward counties. Can you believe we're back here now in, in Florida again after the whole uh, election debacle of 2000? Can you believe we're back here now doing this again? Having to deal with these hacks down there who, who run the elections in Florida? And you know what? I always think, you know, there's got to be there's got to be like a better way. I, I and I don't know what the better way is. And, and but because you know, I, I go to I go to these polling places in St. Louis, and you go there and 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 listen. God love the people who are, uh, who are, uh, who are working the polling places. Okay, I don't want to make this about the old people who are who are. Uh, who are volunteering and that kind of thing. But don't you think we, we ought to relook at how we operate our elections and, and, and how we go about balloting and everything else. And I know you can do the electronic ballot and and I don't trust those electronic ballots as far as I could throw them. And I I never do the electronic uh, ballot. But then, but then, but then you you have this other thing that the, I, I did the paper ballot, chose that one, and and uh, you do the paper ballot, and and that's all fine and good. But even even then, you're like, this doesn't seem. I I, I don't trust that, and you're seeing these these uh, boxes, uh, you know, outside in the hallway where apparently they put the ballot boxes, and it just doesn't. There's something, something doesn't seem right about how we do elections in this country. There's something really archaic about how we approach the elections, how we do the elections. You know, it, 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 it doesn't seem like a trustworthy system. You know, when, when, when you're, uh, when your, your election in one county is dependent on some old bitty like Brenda Snipes, of course. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Like, how is it possible that something this important is in the hands of these? I mean, I, I've been down to the city board of elections before. My Lord. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like a banana republic down there. And, 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 and in the county elections, I remember being at Channel 4, and, and uh, we had a uh, – we we talked about the county elections, and and it turns out everybody who works at the damn place are all related. Back back in my day, I I, I you know the the person who was the uh, I can't remember his name who was the county executive I forgot his name. Uh, he he had he was a when he was a councilman, uh, half his family was working in the 
in the in the board of elections. It was like just you got to be kidding me. You'd think that we would we would take more caution when it comes to our elections and how we do them, but apparently not. Scott says the supervisors of elections in both counties are incompetent and violating the law. In Palm Beach County, 15,000 new votes have been found since election night. And in Broward County, nearly 79,000 additional ballots have been added to vote tallies. I mean, how is that happening? That, that's, that's happened in St. Louis, too, before, where they just suddenly discovered more votes someplace. Remember in, uh, in Michigan during the presidential election, they, they, were, they, they, uh, they, they found the, uh, uh, some box of, of votes someplace else, and suddenly they're just like coming up with, with more votes someplace. It's like, where, where did those come from? We ran 22 sites. We ran 14 days. Yeah, she looks trustworthy. She looks like Don King, a, a, a female version of Don King. But but again, uh, you, you, we're we're thousand additional crazy. ballots have been added to vote tallies. We so ran twenty two sites. We ran fourteen days. We ran twelve hours. We had a big vote by mail. So don't try to turn it around to make it seem like I'm making comedy out of this. Scott is now asking the FDLE to investigate, and his campaign team is suing both county supervisors. The people of Florida deserve fairness and transparency, and the supervisors are failing to give it to us. Supervisors Brenda Snipes and Susan Booker cannot seem to say how many ballots still um, exist and where these ballots came from. Yeah, let me guess. Brenda thinks that, that, that this is all, uh, that, that, that Rick Scott's racist, right? Is that what this thing is? Is that what this is all about? I mean, folks, when it comes to this kind of stuff that's going on, this should not be happening in a, in a developed nation like the United States of America. And to tell you the truth, uh, you know, my, my, feel, my feeling is I don't even like this early voting stuff. I mean, I, I really don't. I don't understand the early voting thing. I don't know why we allow early voting. And I understand there are people who have, uh, who have obligations and things like that that, that are, that are uh, you know, that, that, that keep them from being able to vote adequately, but why so many early voting tallies? Why are, why are so many people vo- I used to think that, that there was a thing called absentee voting, right? Is that the same as early voting? Because <clears throat> right now it's like you can go and, you know, Mark Cation came in here on Monday and said he'd already voted. Well, why is that? Why is he already voting? Well, I went into the you know, election place and, and early voted. I'm like, well, why did you do that? Why, why, aren't you, why aren't you like everybody else who has to wait until Tuesday to, to vote? You know, I, I, I have, uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what, what the, why we're allowing so many different kinds of possibilities of, of, uh, of errancy here. I, I don't I don't uh I don't I don't get it. We have so many different now avenues that that could be screwed up. And but but why, and why we're allowing early voting is 
is weird to me. Uh, Bindi, no, I, Mark Kaysen went and voted uh, voted early. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can call him. Let me let me see if I can call and find out how he did this because uh, I I just don't think. Um, uh, hold on, let me just let me just text him and see if he's available because I want to find out what exactly what he did. But, uh, but 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 you know my my feeling is that that it used to be when you when you were out of town or you were a uh, you were a uh, in the armed forces or something. That's when you would absentee vote. But other than that, that that was the only reason. There's no reason someone should be allowed to early vote in this country. You vote on election day. And and if you can't vote on election day, then you then then you then you vote absentee. And and you and you provide a good reason for voting absentee. It seems uh, very simple to me. I'm just going to call his ass anyway, and, and he's not responding. I'm going to, I'm going to call. Maybe he's uh, going to find out what he what he was up to. What kind of nefarious that? What kind of shenanigans Marcation was up to? He and his his cabal of left wing kooks. I'm going to give him a call and see what he's he's got going on. Let me see. Is he there? There we go. Here's his number. Call him and figure this out. But yeah, you you used to have to provide a reason. I'm assuming this is you, Jamie Allman. Yes, it's me. Because you Good. didn't you didn't uh, you didn't uh, respond to my text. What are you doing? Oh, oh, I didn't see it. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I figured I'd just call you. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't win 15 Good. Emmys by just saying they didn't respond to my text. No, no, exactly. I, I yeah, call, I call true. people, and, if, and then, and by the way, and then if you didn't return my call, then I would be outside of your house. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, we'd probably go grab breakfast. That would be great. Here's, so, no, yeah. Now, here's one thing. Let me give you a little quick, quick, quick secret. When I was an investigative reporter, is I would, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe me. It wouldn't be a phone call uh, to your place. I, I normally my first contact with you. Obviously, after I had all the goods on you, my first contact with you was uh, was probably at your car when you're getting into it to go to work or uh, outside of your house when you're leaving to go or whatever. But normally, my first contact with one of my investigative reporting targets uh, would usually be with a camera rolling and 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 you out on the street when I caught you. It normally normally I wouldn't call somebody and tip them off that I'm that I'm there just so you know. And actually I could, I can verify that because what, what you don't remember, and I brought this up a couple of times over the years is that when, when I owned uh 1380 with onion Horton, you came out to the state. That's how I met you. You came to the station to investigate the, the, the allegation that some, one of our people on air had promised to pay for a funeral of, of one of the, the kids in North St. Louis. And somebody said that, that the, the guy hadn't paid for it and it was a scam. And anyway, you came out, you didn't call, you showed up and investigated it and found out that actually it was paid for, but, but you did show up. That's exactly how you did it. Yeah. 
<clears throat> because you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't normally. Uh, that you, yeah, yeah. Normally, if you if you gave somebody a phone call or did something of that nature, then then uh, you'd you'd be tipping them off and you'd allow them. And and by, by the way, by the time I did have contact with with a person, I wouldn't. Um, I would have every all the goods by then. I, w- I wasn't just fishing uh, fishing expedition. I'd have everything uh, ready to rock. All sure. right. So tell me, sure. why did you not vote on election day? You mean why did I vote ahead of election day? Yeah, because uh, why, because you, you, mean, why did I, you were on with me on. I voted. Oh, I know, yeah, but, but but I voted. Yeah. Right, but why were you allowed to vote outside of election day? Well, if you go down there and tell them that you've got other things that you have to do, and they let you vote. Well, that's that's not that's not right. <laughs> well, go talk to uh, the the, uh, the uh, secretary of state. That's our that's what we do. Right, but 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 you you just did it because you just didn't want to what stand in line or. No, I I was extremely busy and and. I yeah, so I just did it. In fact, the truth is, is that I'm usually busy and I I do it all the time. Wow, that shouldn't be allowed. Well, actually, it should be allowed, and in fact, we should have more people voting all the time instead of less. And and the, the early voting that's that's occurred all over the country has been extremely effective. In, in, in getting voters out. And as, actually, as you've seen, v- counting the votes is also an issue, which is why we now have almost 40 uh, House seats that we've taken over from you guys. And it turns out it, it was a wave, but, but all the votes weren't in. And some of it, you know, it had to be counted. And yeah, it's a little different than, you know, when everybody showed up at the same time. It, see, it seems to open. It seems to open the door to fraud because right now we're seeing in Florida these election offices there in Broward County and Palm Beach that are run by these lifers down there uh, who've, who've probably all at one point related to somebody in government or something and got the, their cushy jobs at the election board, uh, and now you know this 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 these people are now you know. Uh, they're being now suddenly finding new votes and doing all this kind of stuff. And, and that's yeah, the I problem. Know that, I know that's, I, I know that's your fear. Okay. But actually the investigations have all proven that there's virtually no fraud. And instead, DeSantis is down there hiding black votes oh, in those areas. <laughs> no, he's and, not. And see, well, see, look, you say one, I say the other. Right, but, okay? how, but how, so is this, how is it, how is it that, that, well, no, I'm I'm just saying, I'm watching on TV boxes of votes being uh, being suddenly found, okay? I, I, I have not seen anything on TV, and I don't know what those votes are. They might be DeSantis votes, who knows? Boxes of votes being found. Where are you getting this idea that DeSantis is hiding black votes, like, in his closet or something? Well, everybody knows that he's he should have recused himself from all of this since he was running. Well, no, okay. Here's the here here's the problem in general, though, and and we we don't know what happened in Florida, so we don't know what's we going don't know on. what happened anywhere. But there's no fraud. 
Well, I don't know how you can say that because all we do is we keep on opening new avenues for the possibility of fraud. And and that's why when I go back to this whole thing where you voted early, it's like there's no reason why you should have been able to vote early. I mean, no offense, but you should have had to be required to vote on Election Day. But you know what? I signed a document. They checked my signature. They checked my driver's license. They verified everything. It's it's the process. And let me tell you something. But when I went down there to vote, that place was packed. I know. That's a bad sign. <laughs> Look, it just they just got to count all the votes. They just need to make sure that that's all counted. And, and, and that's the good thing. They are counting all the votes. And that's why well, you just, guys are getting slaughtered. Where did you go? Where did you go to vote again at the city? In the no, city? I voted over, no, in the county. At the county board of elections? Yeah. Okay, and there were a bunch of people at the county board of elections? Oh, and, I mean, it, there was a line. Wow. I mean, again, those people all should have been forced to vote on election day. And, you know, and, and, and well, you, can, you can say that, but look, why don't we have one full week? where everybody comes out and votes whenever they can or, or however the, the, whatever the best process is, a full week of voting and make sure that everyone gets a chance to vote right. so we can push that total up to 80 90%. No, okay. Republicans don't want that because they can't win. No, 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 no. I, I, would, I, would, I would go for the full week of voting if it's at a place – at a place, okay? Right now, there are 10 different ways, it seems, that somebody can vote. You can either mail it in or you can go to the Board of Elections on a, on a friggin' Monday before Election Day and vote. I mean, we keep on opening all these new avenues. I, I'm for a week or a weekend where you go. And yeah, you, and, a and, weekend would be fine. Right, where you go. A weekend would be fine. Right, where, where sure. you go and, and, and vote uh, at, at a certain at a polling place. But but I don't know, man. I, the, the the way we run elections in this country seems like it's it's so banana republicy. It just does, it's so weird. You know, everything's dependent okay, on, but, on, on but, some eighty year old woman. It's like ridiculous. But here's the thing: Re- Republicans oppose this all over the country. No, this they don't. A, this is a Democratic. I'm telling you, this is a Democratic Party initiative. In Oregon, all but if you're 18, they make you you're registered automatically. They want people voting everywhere. The Democrats do because most people are Democrats. No, they're not. Well, no, they're not. That's just ridiculous. Just, I'm not going to get into this. I, I just wanted I just wanted well, to confirm that you uh, voted uh, oddly, and I, I just and, and, and you had no reason to vote oddly. Okay. Well, I do have a reason, but I, I do have a reason. Yeah. No, you don't. Well, what, was your, what was your reason yeah. for voting Monday instead of Tuesday? Okay. Because if, if you're not available to vote, you're allowed to vote. Okay. Now, what were you doing the, Tuesday? No, what were you doing Tuesday that, that everybody else wasn't doing? I was so busy all around the city and all my business stuff and all my teaching and just so happens on that Tuesday. Um, every day. Okay. Well then, you know, welcome welcome to the weekend. 
I, except for the weekend, if you if the weekend would be terrific. I I could just show right up. That would be wonderful. But we yeah. don't do weekend voting because that would that would help poor people and mostly black people who can't make it to the to the regular voting. So yeah. Well, well I, I would I know I'm I don't, you, I disagree with you. There are a lot of people out there. Uh, who listen to this show and and who are common sense conservatives who would be more than happy to have voting on a weekend? I mean, that's just you know. I mean, that's we're we're Jamie, not against people voting. Why don't we do it? I don't why know. Don't we but, do it? but why? Why are you blaming Republicans for the fact that we don't vote on weekends? Why? Why well, is it a Republican look, it, thing? I mean, we, we why? Why don't we have years ago? Years ago. You and I sat in front of a tele- television camera on ABC and talked about uh, cameras for police officers. Why don't all police officers have cameras? I told you years ago it wouldn't happen. It's Republicans. They want to block all on this a- stuff. On ABC? What are you talking about? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I get it. I mean, Channel 30? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, well, I, I just wanted to. That's you know. Now you're getting into. It, it, now you're getting into body cameras. It's. It's. I'm. I'm just telling you. I mean, you're asking. I, you're asking why things don't happen. I. Well, I can't answer. Right. It all right for well, you. then what? Well, I know, but the default shouldn't be because of Republicans. I mean, the, the fact that we don't have a la- voting on weekends isn't isn't the fault right. of Republicans. Anyway. Well, I just wanted to. Okay. I just wanted to confirm that you. You. Uh, you voted like they do in Africa instead of in, in America. So just wanted to find out. I'm on, I'm on my way. It's actually like Australia. In Australia, everybody votes. And I'll tell you something. If you don't vote in Australia, they charge you a $100 fine. Yeah. They make you vote. Well, you shouldn't be forced. to. If you don't want to vote, you shouldn't be forced to vote. But anyway, that's a different story. All right. Thank you. I just wanted to okay. confirm. Okay. Appreciate that. Yeah. You're so, welcome. No. No. So... I don't know what he was going to say. It was probably something important. Like, I'm, unless it was, I'm going to write you a check for $100,000 just because, then I don't want to listen to anything else. But, uh, again, the way we vote in this country, to me, is effed up. And, and, and it's just as very strange. And there was no reason why Mark Kaysen, and, again, I'm not trying to just blame this all on Mark Kaysen. I'm not trying to say that, that it's a Mark Kaysen thing. What I'm saying is, that's was so weird to me that Mark Kaysen was in here on Monday and said that he already voted or he was going to vote. Yeah, he already, that he already voted. Was it Tuesday? I can't remember. But anyway, he was in here and he said that he already voted. And I was like, why did you already vote? And, and why are people, why is there, why is early voting allowed? Early voting numbers. I'm like going, early voting numbers? What, what? Why are people voting early? You should vote on election day unless you're in Afghanistan or Iraq or, or there's a possibility that people have to travel on business. You know, and, I, and I understand that, too. So you, so you absentee vote. That's what you do. You go and you, and you absentee vote and you provide a reason why you're absentee voting. But this idea that, that as Mark points out, you go to the Board of Elections uh, on on Monday, and there's a line of people voting. It's like those people all can't be that busy on a Tuesday. So anyway, all I'm saying is <clears throat> we're opening up all different kinds of different avenues for things to get screwed up. And and and, and then we also go and and we have um, 
We've had situations where there have been a, a lack of voting machines. Like, why, why are there a lack of voting machines? Oh, we didn't have enough machines. What? Well, what, why is that? I mean, I mean, how often do you, uh, you, you know when elections are coming? Like, okay, uh, by the way, uh, election people, we've got an election coming two years from now. Is two years enough time for you to get prepared for an election? Is that going to be okay with you? It's two, It's 2020. And you know what? It's in November on a Tuesday, the first week of November or the second week of November. It's like that every damn year. Is that enough time for you to get prepared for, for the election coming up? But anyway, I'm glad Rick Scott is going after these people down there because because I'll tell you that, that you talk about a banana republic. This place is operating Advisors like one. Are failing to give it to us. Supervisors Brenda Snipes and Susan Booker cannot seem to say how many ballots still um, exist and where these ballots came from or where they have been. The two lawsuits filed Thursday allege the offices have withheld crucial voter information. The move comes as state election officials and candidates gear up for an increasingly likely recount in this Senate race. I will not sit idly by while unethical liberals try to steal this election from the great people of Florida. And, And that's because they don't want Bill Nelson to be removed from the U.S. Senate as a Democrat. And so now suddenly we're seeing these problems, and now suddenly it's like, oh, it's too close to call. And now suddenly we're finding new votes here and there. And now suddenly Rick Scott may not be the next U.S. senator from Florida, and DeSantis may not be the next governor of Florida. And I, Because I guarantee you there wouldn't be any question had, had Nelson won or had Gillum won There'd be no question in any way, shape, or form uh, that 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 this election was uh, pure and simple. Now suddenly it's like, oh, um, we have some problems. Apparently, we just found some new votes. Apparently, there's. A, it's like, oh, come on. Glenn Scott's going Senator after Bill him too. Nelson spokesperson says the goal here is to see that all votes in Florida are counted and counted accurately. Rick Scott's action appears to be politically motivated and born out of desperation. Yeah, sore losers is what they are in Florida. Catherine Hawley, Fox 13 News. Thank you, Catherine. Appreciate that very much. No, but that's the situation we're in now in Florida. Arizona, the same thing. Now, it's not exactly the same thing. People were wondering why Arizona is uh, taking so long to get their votes in. Uh, Arizona has Indian reservations that are uh, somewhat well, they're separate. They're, they're they're somewhat problematic sometimes when it comes to what uh, getting votes from there. So now it turns out uh, that there's a possibility that that uh, that in the end the uh, the the Democrat might be winning the Senate seat uh, in in Arizona. And so I mean, people, this place is going nuts. And the way that we vote in this country is crazy, and and, and it just seems to be, uh, it just seems to be completely one of these things where, uh, uh, where, uh, it just seems to be one of these things where we're allowing too many options for people uh, in terms of voting, and that invariably you're going to get uh, things screwed up one way or the other 
when it comes to uh, how we vote here. And again, I'm going just back to it. There's no reason why, uh, in, in all due respect to Mark Kaysen, there's no reason why he should have been allowed to uh, to vote uh, early or for for anybody to be allowed, in my opinion, to vote early when it comes to uh, our elections here, unless you have a good reason to uh to 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 be there. I mean, I I just to, to not be there, and and just being busy isn't an adequate reason. We are live here from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. It's Radio Free Almond. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, this morning. Thank you to Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like Doctor Proctor Drapery dot com. He's your mobile design guy. You know, he voted on Tuesday, like everybody else. Didn't try to sneak in. And I'm, again, Republicans, Casey claims that Republicans don't want people to vote. I'm more than happy to have more people voting. I'm not, I'm not against trying to keep people from voting. I want more options, but I want them to be solidified to one particular place. If you're going to have voting that goes on a whole week, it ought to go on at a polling place. And, and, and not at that office over here and this office over here and that mail room there. And it's ridiculous. And plus, it's kind of the way we do it anyway. It's like, why are we? And we're so reliant on volunteer. I mean, and something this important and this crucial. Of course, then you had like professional election people or you never know what you're going to get on that level either. So I don't know. It's not a perfect system. But it's the best system we have so far, and the best system in the uh, in the world. And Michael Proctor is the best system for adding some beauty to your awesome little home there as you prepare for the holidays. He's got his window. Forty five years in the window treatment business. He's got uh, your Roman shades, your side panels. He's got your woven wood shades. If you're a business. Like Eric Naputi, NaputiWellness.com. He had Michael come out and spruce up the entire office there in Chesterfield. Or was it down in South County? He's got two offices, so I think it was maybe in South County. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Also, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME is where you're going to find him. And he's got the... uh, Low premiums, low deductibles. That's how he works it for you guys. And that's a rarity in the business, but he's got it for you. 855-QUOTE-ME. So it was disappointing, and I mentioned this off the top, to see the the fake news supported by, by so-called conservatives. We had the uh, – this kind of first came to my attention uh, yesterday – when the when the website Hot Air reproduced and and regurgitated what was fast becoming a common lie yesterday, that the tape showing Jim Acosta and the intern grappling for the microphone was somehow doctored, and it was all over the internet yesterday. This. Uh, this storyline that Sarah Huckabee Sanders had tweeted out a doctored tape 
that apparently was traced back to somebody from InfoWars or whatever, and they suddenly assumed that it was a doctored tape. Well, it turns out that uh, the tape wasn't doctored at all. In fact, finally, the guy uh, who who made the actual video. So what happened is it, it turned out to be one of these uh, videos that was uh, it turned into a GIF or a GIF or whatever you want to call it, and, and or, or kind of a loop. And a person was uh, had tweeted that out, and so. That video went kind of viral, and they then Sarah Huckabee Sanders in the White House uh, tweeted it out, and, and as an example of of uh, and it was just more of a close up view of Jim Acosta basically being an ass to this uh, communications intern, and it showed him cuz he used his forearm to kind of push her away a little bit but again it doesn't I, 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 two things are important here first of all it doesn't matter whether jim acosta touched her or didn't touch her his behavior alone is enough to kick him out of the white house forever it doesn't matter whether he touched her or didn't touch her that's irrelevant but nonetheless they go back and they claim that this tape has been doctored. Finally, the guy who made the tape comes out and he says, this tape is not doctored. If you know anything about how things work in terms of video, whatever, and, and Matt, you know a little bit about this too. If, if, you, if you, he zoomed in, they took an isolation. So they had the wide shot. Then they zoomed in to the, the actual uh, hand motions of the intern of Jim Acosta. And, and the guy said, when you take close-ups like that or you zoom in, it changes the frame rate sometimes of a, of a, of a video. So, or sometimes even the, the, the motion of taking it from an MP3 or MP whatever for turning into this and this, it changes the frame rate. So sometimes it can look like it was speeded up or it's faster or whatever, but that doesn't mean it's been doctored. So... That's just how it works. So anyway, uh, somebody came to the conclusion just because it looked different uh, as a close-up that it had been doctored, and and it turns out that it wasn't doctored at all. It was just kind of a a a, a symptom of when you zoom in on an existing piece of video, it changes this whole thing. And so, and so, then what happened is they they they, they determined, and, and and people like uh, like the people over at uh, the at Hot Air determined that because Sarah Huckabee retweeted a doctored tape, that takes all the credibility away from the White House and the way how the White House wasted a moment here and blah blah. And and, and the White House uh, is giving is giving. Jim Acosta everything he wants because they banned him from the White House. That's not that's not true. Oh, the White House shouldn't have done that. They should have just left it alone because people were people were attacking him as it was. It was like, yeah, that's true, but there has to be consequences for his action. But everybody who hates Donald Trump and the White House figured out a way to turn this into some kind of attack on the president. Oh, 
Jim Acosta was bad, but then they ruined it by banning him from the White House. Like, no, they didn't. They made it very satisfying. They shouldn't have done that. They took it one step too far. It's like, no, they didn't. They took it absolutely as as far as it should have gone, which is banning him from the White House. And I hope they ban his ass forever. There's no reason why a duly elected president of the United States ought to put up with some little punk-ass harpy like Jim Acosta. And, And these guys keep claiming that Donald Trump is the biggest threat to them when we've got Antifa hanging out the the uh the uh, outside the house of of uh Tucker Carlson and we've got we've got journalists trolling president trump 5 feet away from him in front of his face it's it's totally unacceptable so then these guys all get on the uh the Andrea Mitchell reports show and they uh they all get their little panel going and 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 they go back to the days of Ronald Reagan. Oh, the days of Ronald Reagan when when it, when we had such a respectful tone and everything was just hunky dory and 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 we longed for the days of when Ronald Reagan uh, respected the press and and got along with the press even though uh, they were contentious. Uh, if you don't like rude reporters, then don't be president of the United States because, as you say, Andrew, we've seen a lot of them over the years. Ronald Reagan. If you don't like rude reporters, then don't be president of the United States. That's what we're getting from this uh, this guy with uh, who was on the Andrea Mitchell reports, who's claiming somehow that you know, and, and he's it's Peter Alexander claiming somehow that uh, that that you have to you have to as president put up with people being rude. It's funny because reporters don't put up with rude presidents, do they now? Because apparently, when when when. Uh, when Donald Trump isn't exactly comporting himself to the ways that the journalists want him to comport himself, they suddenly attack him as being crass and this and rude and bad and bad, blah, blah, blah. It's ridiculous. Throughout Sam Donaldson, uh, George W. Bush never threw out, uh, you know, Helen Thomas. They took the questions and they weren't such fragile flowers. They couldn't uh, uh, stand up to them. Oh, so. come on. You know, th- this this idea that Donald Trump is a fragile flower because this little punk-ass Jim Acosta is, refuses to cooperate, refuses to sit down, and even manhandles in his own little way a White House communications intern, uh, that, that's not President Trump being a frail little flower. This guy invokes Sam Donaldson and uh, Helen Thomas. Come on. Those two... Ask questions, but they, ne- you know, they, you know, Sam Donaldson, uh, when 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 uh, when he would ask questions, was was respectful. He and, and 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 occasionally he would spar with Ronald Reagan, but he never he never uh, took over a microphone and refused to sit down and kept asking questions when his time was up. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. There's no comparison whatsoever. But they all they all made one. No, indeed. And we could just show you a little bit of Richard Nixon and Dan Rather. There was a moment back there in the 70s in Houston when uh, Dan Rather was asking a question and Nixon just put him down. And, and you know, presidents have that platform and they can hurt the press as much as they like. But I've got to tell you, Ronald Reagan, as tough as the press corps was, Peter Alexander, 
He never took action against us, and he went through a lot of difficult moments with Iran-Contra. But there was never a moment like the Jim Acosta moment. That was that, that was never that that was a horrible moment in journalistic history, and a and a, and a horrible moment uh, in in even White House press history. They can't possibly these journalists can't possibly think that what Jim Acosta did is 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 a good thing for journalism or a good thing for them. And and now suddenly everybody all now suddenly all the other reporters want to be be part of the game too. Suddenly they're they're all um, you know suddenly they all want to best Jim Acosta because they know that that's the kind of attention they get. I don't know whether you saw the rest of the news conference, but after the Jim Acosta thing, the reporters all were a lot of them were all uh, off the rails. Peter Alexander was one of them. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. in Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts. Well, his I'm not a big fan of yours either. So I yeah, understand. To be honest, so let, me, so let me ask you a question, if I can. I mean, this this is this is intolerable, it, especially given the, uh, a president that that is is more accessible than any president in the history of this country. President Trump makes himself more available than any other president ever has in the history of this country. And this is the kind of crap he gets by a bunch of people because they didn't vote for him. They have to ride his ass all the time and, 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 and be rude. They, they, they show zero respect for the guy. And they go, well, yeah, that's because President Trump has created an environment where he shows zero. It's Come on. If you had to put up with all the, the massive lies that are being told, and yesterday, even our own people, the, the, the people over at, at, uh, at Hot Air, that so-called conservative site that once was run by Michelle Malkin, but now it's just a, 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 a never-Trump bastion of filth. Even they were promoting... Fake news, the fake news story that the Jim Acosta, that, 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 that the tape tweeted out by Sarah Huckabee Sanders was doctored. Well, you know what? It's, it, it wasn't doctored. Now they're like, okay, that's okay, then it's not doctored. It's like, no, you said it was. What are you going to do about it? Repeatedly you said. Are, you are the best. Mr. President, you repeatedly. I mean, then, the course, then just sit down, Acosta please. gets back up again. And again, he ought to be banned from the White House, not just because of they don't. The White House does not need to claim that he even touched this intern for them to ban him from the White House. I mean, this kind of behavior is why we hate the media. This isn't about the First Amendment or anything else. This is about a bunch of reporters, uh, this punk ass Jim Acosta and this punk ass Peter Alexander. And that other punk-ass lady from, from PBS who didn't vote for President Trump and who are Democrats who hate the President of the United States because he's a Republican and because they disagree with his policies. These guys, when they get up there, they editorialize. Sam Donaldson and these guys, they never get up there and, and give a, a pre-questioned speech about how they feel about, about a certain news item. You know, the fact that even Jim Acosta's question about uh, the, uh, the, the caravan 
and, and the president calls it an invasion because he thinks it's an invasion. That's 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 not a disputable deal where the president has an opinion. He thinks it's an invasion. Jim Acosta says, well, you know, it's not an invasion. He goes, and the president's like, well, to me it is. So we differ there. And the president was being very respectful to him about that. Well, when you when you report fake news, no, when you report fake news, which CNN does a lot, you are the enemy of the people. Go ahead. Mr. President, over the course over the course of the last several days of the campaign, sir. Sir, at the end of the campaign, you repeatedly said that Americans need to fear Democrats. You said Democrats would unleash a wave of violent crime that endangers families everywhere. Why are you because pitting very Americans? Weak on crime. Why Excuse are you me. pitting Americans Peter. against one another, sir? Peter. Oh yeah, like the media doesn't do that. And and saying that Democrats and their policies are destructive to this country is not pitting Americans against Americans. It's interesting how no one bothered to ask. Hillary Clinton, why she was pitting Americans against Americans when she called all the Trump supporters deplorable. Did she ever get a question like that? And has she ever gotten a question like that after she said it? Uh, even after the election, wherever she happens to be. Nobody's ever asked, why did you pit America? It's never about when a Republican makes a stand and makes a stand based on a policy or an opinion, they're always called divisive. They're always called provocative. They're, 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 they're always uh, uh, accused of, of exacerbating the situation or, or using divisive language when they stand up for themselves or they fight for themselves. But when Democrats do it, they're, they're, they're heroes and, and, they're, and they're speaking truth to power and all this other garbage you hear about. Oh, yeah, I'm speaking truth to power. It's like, no, you're not. You're telling people to attack people in restaurants. Take your truth to power and shove it. That's my truth to power. But, yeah, that, that's, how they, that's how they operate. So, so when, when you disagree with a person on the left, you're being divisive. Oh, no, you're, yeah, that's, that's, you're using divisive language. Why? Because I think your policies suck? Uh, like and, and and they always claim that it's the Republicans who are causing all the problems. So President Trump, for instance, will be responsible, I guarantee you, by this weekend for that shooting in California. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I guarantee you, if I if I wandered through uh, the 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 news here, I'll just if I if some of you might might be able to do it for me, wander through the news someplace and. Uh, and figure out uh, story after story and find out when they actually get to uh, the point where they blame President Trump for this shooting at that bar by the, by the former Marine. Because it's coming this weekend. I mean, we're finally getting the police involved in this mob action against Tucker Carlson. We're supposed to believe that Jim Acosta is the, is, is the uh, biggest victim of anti-First Amendment activities when, when, when we've got a conservative comment, commentator like, Jim, like, uh, like Tucker Carlson having people at his home attacking him, trying to break down his door, and it be- gets barely any reporting from anybody except maybe CBS, which gave it, I think, uh, a- about a minute. 
CBS actually, I think, did did nicely one minute, I think, on the on the Tucker Carlson thing. But ABC and NBC completely ignored the story. But CBS told us, like, gave us like one DC one police are investigating a group of demonstrators who targeted the home of Fox News host Tucker Carlson last night. They shouted threats, vandalized the property, and posted video on social media. Carlson was at work. His wife was home alone. The left-wing demonstrators frightened Carlson's wife. Their four children were not at home. That's Howard Kurtz. But, but so CBS gave it a minute. And 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 the rest of the news organizations didn't even cover the story. Now, had that been, and I'll, I'll use my analogy I used earlier. Had that been, had that been George Stephanopoulos's house, and it was a bunch of Trump supporters, and of course, uh, tr- Trump supporters. First of all, I, I I hate to even bring that up because they would never do such a thing. Trump Trump supporters there's there's not with the, with the exception of that that uh goofy big boobed steroid using strip club guy who put the bugs bunny bombs out there uh <laughs> with the, with the exception of that that's the only incident anybody can find where a Trump supporter or a conservative uh attacked hurt or or otherwise uh intimidated a, a person on the liberal side or who voted for Hillary Clinton or Obama or whatever. Uh, there's, there's not one example of it out there. And I could, I could come up with 600 uh, ex- examples of, of, of left-wing, uh, left-wing attacks on, 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 on Trump supporters. It, it's happening all over the joint. And 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 we have uh, right now people who are who are uh, who are defending the actions uh, of this. In fact, there's a rap sheet that I have right in front of me, uh, and it's 639 acts of of media approved violence and harassments uh, against Trump supporters. And and it, and it began. I'll, we can go back to. Uh, Let's see. I can go. I'm I, now. I'm just looking at 2018, and, and I, I just one year. Okay, one year. Let me begin with uh, the. I'll, I'll just begin with the number one. All going going all the way back. Uh, we we uh, we had the bomb threat called in at the at the uh, building right next to a Trump event. That was on the fifth of November. Uh we had Joe Manchin of West Virginia uh, telling uh, supporters he wanted to beat the living crap out of his GOP opponent. We we had uh, you know Gillum, uh, one of his interns was arrested for throwing chocolate milk at college Republicans. Did that get reported at all? No. Uh, we had uh, we had Joe Biden. Uh, threatening on November second to 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 give this GOP candidate, I'd like to give him a high threshold of pain. Uh, uh, on Halloween, this woman was was going to uh, threaten to beat up an eleven year old because he had a Trump Halloween costume. The Traverse City, Michigan GOP office got a bomb threat. You saw the one out in uh, on the west uh, 
coast. I think it was Wyoming where that GOP office was uh, was attacked. Uh, James Cromwell, an actor, October 29th, said there will be blood in the streets unless Trump is stopped. Twitter, they counted this. There were 179 death threats against Donald Trump that Twitter allowed to stay on Twitter. There were, on, on the 29th of October in Florida, the South Daytona Republican Party office had bullets flying through its windows. There were shots fired at the day. Have you heard of any of this, by the way? You didn't hear of any of this, did you? Okay. Uh, October 25th, the New York Times had a story that created a scenario of what if President Trump was assassinated. That's in the October 29th version of uh, October 25th. Uh, that same day, October 25th, Iowa City, Iowa, uh, the GOP headquarters were vandalized there. We had the, I, I, you, guys, you guys remember even earlier where we had the, the GOP candidate accosted by a knife-wielding left winger at a, at, a, at a county fair. We had uh, Representative McCarthy's office there in California on October 23rd. A boulder was thrown through the office window. October 21st, uh, the former Deputy Secretary of State, Philip Rines, uh, who was Obama's former Deputy Secretary of State, said that harassing O'Connell, uh, Mitch McConnell and his wife in that bar and in that restaurant was, was, uh, was fine. That was, that was the, the day after, as you saw it, the, uh, the leftists harassed McConnell and his wife at that restaurant. The, on the 19th, there was a guy in New York who was actually charged with, I mean, he was, he was uh, charged with threatening two senators over their support for Kavanaugh. There was a, uh, on, the, on the day before that, there was a Democratic operative for a group that was funded by George Soros who was arrested for battery against a GOP campaign manager in Nevada. On the 18th of October, Rosie O'Donnell said the military needs to come in and remove Donald Trump. On the 17th of October, uh, there was a, a restaurant owner in Tennessee. His life was threatened because he rented space to Marsha Blackburn, the GOP Senate, Senate candidate there. Uh, in, in, on October 17th, in Portland... The Antifa group there told a, a 9-11 NYPD widow that your husband should effing rot in the grave. That's what they told a NYPD widow for 9-11. On, on October 17th, a professor, you saw this story maybe. Maybe you saw like a little bit of reporting on it, maybe on Bright, Breitbart. But uh, uh, that called for harassing Republicans in restaurants, but not only doing that, but sticking your fingers in their salads. He also called for people to take uh, their food. Don't, don't just harass them at the restaurants. Take their food. And you know what happened to Mitch McConnell and his wife at the restaurant there in, in Kentucky? They took his food. Uh, on, uh, let's see. We had a, uh, a the the, the um, there was a there was a ricin uh, or a claimed ricin letter that was sent to uh, 
Susan Collins home on the 16th when she was when she made that speech in support of her Kavanaugh vote. There was the uh, comedian who uh, was at Hooters. It was some left wing comedian. Nobody really knew who it was, but that was October 16th. Got into a fight with a Trump supporter there. Uh, on October 16th, a Republican candidate uh, in Minnesota, Shane Meckland, was punched at a restaurant. On, uh, on October 16th, the governor of New York, Cuomo, blamed the GOP for the attack by Antifa on this Manhattan club there, where, where, where there were GOP people there. So, so the governor blamed uh, Republicans for that. Uh, Sarah Anderson, she's a Republican state rep in Minnesota. Uh, she was assaulted on the 16th of October. There was a uh, GOP House candidate uh, in Vermont who got a threatening letter. And, you know, obviously the, the threatening letter stuff that probably happens a lot, even even to uh, Democrats, I get that. But then but you have the actual physical uh, things going on where you where where in that Manhattan club, they were they were defacing doors and smashing windows. On that same day, October 12th, the Manhattan club was vandalized. Uh, October 12th, the uh, Mesa, Arizona GOP office was vandalized. There was a campaign canvasser uh, in, uh, in I think it was Justin Fareed's campaign manager there in Minnesota who was, who was attacked on video. There was an anti-Trump uh, protester on October 11th uh, who, when, when confronted by a uh, woman who was a, for a conservative news outlet, he threatened to rape her. On the 11th of October, that same day, a truck with a truck with a Trump 2020 bumper sticker uh, was set on fire. Susan Rice's uh, Republican son, by the way, Susan Rice has a Republican son. He was at a pro Kavanaugh event. He was assaulted on October 10th, and that was that, that was the same day that uh, Eric Holder said, "When they go low, we kick them." On October 10th, CNN said that you have a constitutional right to chase Republicans out of restaurants. The day before that was when Hillary Clinton made her famous pronouncement that there would be no civility unless Democrats took over the House and the Senate. On October 8th, there was a teacher who who was wondering uh, who was going to take one for the team and kill Kavanaugh. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, you, you saw the, uh, the uh, Cory Gardner, who's a, a senator, his wife uh, got a, a beheading video sent to her. Rand Paul's wife said she sleeps with a, with a gun. That was two days after Rand Paul was harassed at an airport there in Kentucky. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And, and there's not one uh, there's not one example of a Trump supporter physically harming anybody, not one. And, and of course, you had the guy with the Bugs Bunny bombs. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean that that was that was a that was a a bad moment, but it wasn't typical at all of of, of attacks. 
and by the way, uh, does does the Republican Party or the GOP do they have a a, a similar group, uh, a similar mafia attached to them like like Antifa? I almost kind of wish we did because it, w- it would be able then then we could actually uh, get something going here. To, to, but but right now everybody just sits around and, and takes it from Antifa and the rest of these guys. And and yesterday, you know, we were we were kind of all making a, making a joke about all this in terms of in terms of what was uh, what was happening. But but you know, with with their, with their stupid tambourines and their effeminate heterosexual voices. But 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 you know, uh, we we. Uh, still are in a situation where uh, it, it turns out they were trying to bust through his door. Read, I can let you sleep at night. It's like, okay, I, that, you, I, I, at first I was like, These, there's nothing to fear here, but the more it, the details came out about what, what, what happened, uh, the, 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 more we, uh, the more we wind up learning that these guys are, are actually violent. Heaven knows what would have, would have happened had they actually gotten into his house. And 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 and, and saw, uh, got into his house and, and saw what what happened there. I, I, heaven knows what would have happened. His wife was alone in the house, and they're busting through the door. And again, I tell you, man, uh, these people. I'm surprised at, at some point somebody's going to fight back, and it's not going to be pretty. And you know what? They will be blamed. I guarantee you. Had that Antifa person banging through the door, had, had Tucker Carlson's wife done what I would have done, which was basically blast a gigantic hole through the door with a 12-gauge bullpup, she would have been the one in the wrong, I guarantee you. She would have been the one accused of, 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 uh, of acting badly. Because It wouldn't have been the Antifa person because, you know, after all, the Antifa person's upset. Donald Trump is a divisive figure. He's been uh, saying mean things about Democrats. So therefore, we are all going to go out on the street and harass people and, and, and harass people in restaurants and everything else. And, you know, calling him a racist, everything else. But I guarantee you, had, had, had she fought back, and that's, and that's the problem. Now, there are Republicans and conservatives out there who, who are afraid to fight back because they'll be blamed. I mean, look what happened, for instance, on The View yesterday when they talked about this whole thing. Uh, defended Acosta and actually said that, that he was assaulted by the aide. I mean, that, that's, coming from, that's coming from The View, people. You know, Whoopi, when I, I do not like people touching me in general. I don't think, especially man, in a situation like that. Well, she shouldn't like have that. touched him, maybe. She, and, and that's why, but, that's where I put it down. Sorry, go ahead. But, she didn't touch him. What is, what is Joy Behar talking about? There's, there's not one uh, element of that video where she touches him at all. I mean, does she, she tried not to touch him. Did you see how she uh, put her hand here and didn't take, you know, she tried not to touch touch him. And in fact, he's the one with his forearm. And again, by the way, this it doesn't matter a whit 
whether or not he actually even touched her at all. He should be banned, period, for just refusing to sit down and then getting back up again while another reporter is asking a question. He, 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 he should be banned just for that. And I hope they don't reinstate him. I hope he never comes back. And you know what? The White House ought to, ought to, ought to, uh, ought to, ought to take him out. And I, what I mean is uh, take him out of his coverage of that White House and not allow him back in there forever. But, yeah, Joy Behar, what is she talking about? He ne- she never uh, touched you know, Whoopi, when I, I do not like people touching me in general. I don't think, especially a man in a situation like that. Well, she like shouldn't that. have touched him, maybe. She, and, and that's why, but, that's where I put it down. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, seriously? And, and then you have those people in the crowd. Who are these people? Uh, cl- clapping about something. First of all, there's no way that, that uh, they all could possibly believe that this, this intern or this aide touched Jim. It's, it's, there's not one semblance of, of, of proof at all about that. And there are all these people clapping. I, I'd love to know what goes on in that, uh, in the view there. Like who, well, I guess if you're going to go to the view, if you're going to sit for the view, there's no way there's a conservative who goes and sits in the view's audience. There's not a chance that that could be a tolerable event for for you i don't even know where they do the view is it in california or new york or whatever so if you're traveling or whatever and and you're on vacation that's no way that's a a stop for a like a conservative family if this were a daily caller reporter if this i want you to reverse this as an obama press conference and a daily caller reporter doing this i think there are a lot of people on the left that would be saying that it's inappropriate for them to be acting that way yeah of course megan that's that that's the understatement of the year They'd have they'd have nine member panels on CNN about racism is in America. If a reporter from the Daily Caller who, 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 heaven forbid, they're white and would would refuse to sit down when President Obama asked them to uh, because they're being rude, can you imagine what would happen there? We'd have we'd have uh, we'd have. They'd be they'd be rerunning tape of 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 black people being fire hosed in the streets of of Alabama. They 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 run loops of tape of 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 uh, of pictures of of black people being lynched in Mississippi. If if that ever happened to to Barack Obama, oh, this is just like the days of of lynchings. When 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 that reporter didn't sit down. This is this is just like the days of when 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 police would firehose black people who were just trying to vote. They, I mean, they would take this and run with that like you wouldn't believe if that if this were Obama's White House. I mean, this would that wouldn't happen in a bazillion years. And first of all, no conservative reporter would ever uh, would ever do that. And yeah, Amy, you're right. You let's have the. I'd love to see you all there. I'd probably, you know, what I would probably do is I would, uh, I would actually tape, take a, uh, I would, I would do a fundraiser. Send, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how this would work, but uh, send the Radio Free Almond ladies to the View. 
But see, what would you do there, though? Because 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 we're not that type. So we generally, I mean, you unless you're uh, unless you want to, would you like stand up in the middle of the audience and scream like the lefties do? I don't know. I but I would I'd be willing to to raise some money and send you all out to the view. Be great. We could probably do a situation where we could we would uh, we could uh, we could take over the entire audience. Wouldn't it be great to actually like, infiltrate that audience to the point where you had like figure out a way to get? I don't know how many people are in the audience because you never see the audience. I don't think maybe in the beginning you do. There's got to be what a hundred people there. Uh, in in the uh, in the view, like what if you had a hundred people? All who just never clapped at all about anything. And so when Joy Behar said something really stupid, there'd be like this. Instead of the clapping, there'd be like absolute silence from all of you. And I agree. Jim Acosta is always the story. He's always the story. I'm sick of him being the story. I'm sick of talking about Jim Acosta. And in that moment, I thought that he was grandstanding. And I don't I want to just have questions. It's funny how no one claps for any of that. I mean, how do, do you have to pay? I'm, I'm going to investigate this over the weekend. I'm going to find out how you become an audience member of The View. How you get into that building and how those people, because there's not, you mean, are you telling me there's not one person in that audience who approves of what Megan McCain just said there? There's not one person in that audience? Because, because even most Normal people, most normal, average, everyday people, even those people uh, think that he was grandstanding. I mean, even even kind of normal, run-of-the-mill liberals say, yeah, I, there was, that was some grandstanding right there. That was pretty pretty bad. I mean, generally, for, for instance, on Fox News, oftentimes you'd have like Chris Wallace or someone like that where they would kind of uh, – uh, defend Jim Acosta and say this and say that, but but when Jim Acosta did that, most people, even like Chris Wallace, who was even handed about it, most people say, "Damn, that dude was really off the rails." And Tim, is it true that there's a, is there a, is there a clap sign? On an applause side? I don't know. About the caravan in a way where the president could at least have his feet held to the fire about what's going on without Jim Acosta continuing being in the headlines. That's For me, I, um, okay, when were, I saw that, clapping. I mean, I learned very... There was, there was, <laughs> apparently, they, there's, apparently there's like a little, there's a small little group of people there who are, uh, who are clapping, but it's only, you can only clap for a, a short period of time early on that what I saw was a battery, not by Jim Acosta, but by the young White House aide. You've got to yeah. be freaking kidding me. This is this uh, Austin Harpy. I don't know. I can't remember her first name. But she she thinks that actually it was Jim Acosta who was assaulted by the intern. She, she and Joy Behar apparently both believe that. And and you can look at that tape and and, and, and actually there's there's no way any normal person could possibly come away with this uh, idea that somehow, uh, somehow, uh, this was an assault on Jim Acosta. And you are holding something, if I may. Yeah. If you're holding something and you snatch this from me, this cup is now an extension of me, and that means you've battered me. Mm-hmm. You've assaulted. Oh, yeah, gotcha. 
Oh, so you're so, blaming so the woman in this. Yeah, yeah. You know, Abby Huntsman's like, so you're you're blaming the woman? Yeah, I am. Uh-huh. That's what I'm doing. Oh, clap, 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 but clap. That's clap, just clap, clap, clap. She was so I'm not assigned that way. I'm trying to be arrested for battery. I'm telling you what the law is. So she we should get this Hostin chick has no idea what the law is. She wouldn't know what the law is if it came in and like an anvil and dropped on her head. I'm telling you what the what's terrible is that the White House, through the press secretary, sent out an edited, doctored video, fast-forwarding what we just saw. That was, that was, that's, that's the other... That's the left wing. We had the right wing doing it, too, over there at Hot Air, the Never Trump side over at Hot Air, uh, pushing the same damn thing, which is this, this, this fake news that the, that, the, that the tape was doctored. I got to give uh, Jim Talon a call here. Hold on a second here. Do, 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 Here comes the Spider-Man. 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 Let me call him out. I don't know why I have Spider-Man on my mind. But now 314-795. Oh, there is heat in this building, apparently. How'd that happen? Where'd that come from? Would you go get a get a court order to turn the heat on in here? Okay, thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Because it was it was fifty nine degrees when I came in today. It's okay though. We're we're transitioning from uh, now. It's ninety in here. <laughs> oh. Let's give Jim Talon a call, shall we? The next Attorney General of the United States of America, Jim Talent. Hope he remembers. Hello. Good morning. Uh, this is the White House calling. We wanted to offer you the opportunity to become the next U.S. Attorney. We're wondering if you would accept that job, Mr. Talent, before you go on the show with that Alban dude. Well, um, I'd like to... If I were to accept it, I'd like to break it on the Almond Show, uh, but I can't because my license to practice law is currently inactive. <laughs> I haven't been practicing for years. It would be a little difficult for me to be the U.S. attorney. Although all I have to do is pay my dues and take the continuing legal education. So I would, I could then practice law. Let me ask you this, dude. And, and I'm just, I, I wanted to ask you though, because. Uh, and this is kind of a mundane question, but do you have to have a law? Do you have to have? Do you have to be a lawyer to be the Attorney General of the United States? Um, I would be very surprised if you do. I think it's the customary practice, obviously. Right. Right. But no, I, I doubt it because uh, the U.S. Attorney, or excuse me, the, uh, the Attorney General. Oh yeah, what I, I don't think he ever appears in court. You have to have um, uh, you have to be a lawyer to practice law. I don't think the, the the attorney general ever practices law. He runs the the uh, Justice Department. It's actually an interesting question. What does the attorney general do? But um, you know, for these purposes, let's just say he's the administrative head of the Justice Department. So I think the answer is no. Now, normally, and I, I'm not trying to get into uh, too uh, deep in pedantry here, but uh, I do notice that. First of all, I had uh, the, one of the mistakes people make is they call them attorney generals, 
which they're not. They're attorneys general, right? And then I heard somebody call him General Sessions the other day. So he's not really, though, it, it would, it, that, but that's, that's, he's not a, he, he's not a general. So why would you, but, but is that, would, would somebody call him General Sessions? Yeah, well, actually, um, if, if you were following State Department protocol and you meet an attorney general, whether it's the, uh, the attorney general uh, of the United States or a state attorney general, you call them general. Oh, okay. All right. Now, uh, if, if you're meeting a gaggle of them, you say, Oh, look, it's the attorneys general. Right. Okay. Okay. You don't say attorney generals. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I don't know where that <laughs> comes from. It's funny that you raise it because a couple of times I've thought to myself, I need to take advantage of the miracle of the internet and find out why they call them general, right? Uh, but that's what they're called. Yeah, because so, because technically the the general uh, in the attorney general is is uh, is really it's not a noun. It's 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 actually an adjective that describes your role as the attorney because you're the attorney general. So you're, it's not really it's so that so so treating it like it's a noun is kind of odd to me. But anyway, I was, yeah. well, Jamie, uh, you're now getting into an area of grammar. <laughs> I know, I know. It's been a long time, my friend. I think that's. Uh, I think it depends. I think it could be either. Yeah, it? yeah. I guess you could say the, you could say the general led the troops, and then he, then it's a noun. Or you could say General Patton. And then it's uh, probably a, a descriptor, so it'd be an adjective, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the other thing. Uh, while you've been away from the show, all of us, uh, in a variety of ways, have been mapping out your future. I hope you know that. So, oh, good. Uh, so we, aside from talking about you being Attorney General, uh, and, and I, I realize that's a that's a long shot. Uh, there have also been talk about you uh, running for governor of the state of Missouri. And there, and there are people who've said, when we, when we had Sonny Wilson on earlier in the week and we were talking about this uh, post-election and, and mapping out the, the Missouri future, uh, your name has been mentioned by a lot of people as a potential possible good idea for the governorship. They also mentioned, you know, Ann Wagner and, you know, those. But, but would you ever consider running for general? I'm, for, I'm sorry, for, go, for governor for of Missouri. General of Missouri. <laughs> Governor of Missouri? I don't think since we're talking about professions, I don't think that was a textbook answer of a good, a textbook example of a good journalism question. I know, Jamie. I know. <laughs> but would you? But, uh, but we'll let that pass. Uh, well, you know, I wanted to be governor. I ran a long time ago. Yeah. And um, it, there are a lot of things about the job that make it very attractive. One of them is that you really can, particularly in a state like Missouri, which is a pretty strong governor system. So um, you can, like in states like Texas, the governor is weak constitutionally. Uh, but in a state like Missouri, he's not, so there's a lot you can do. Uh, however, uh, we have a governor uh, whom I like a lot yeah. and who I expect is going to run again, Mike Parson. And um, generally speaking, Jamie, I, I never, I, I didn't try to like push other people, good people out of the way to run for office. If you look at the offices I ran for and when I did it, um, it was generally because I thought I was the best 
person, available person on our side of the aisle. Okay. So there's always people out there who can do a job better than even you or, you know, you or I could do it, but they're, they're often not available. Right. So I, I just, I always wanted to do jobs that I felt I could do very well, and uh, especially if, like, I was the only person on the bench. You know, that's where I tried to go. I would, uh, you know, I've ruled out over the years being asked. I've not ruled out running for office again, but I don't anticipate doing it. Um, I'm kind of happy doing what I'm doing, and, uh, you know, it's no secret if I could get the right job Department of Defense to rebuild the armed forces. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah, right. And that's that's a that's a job that is very very far from being done. I mean, they've made some real progress, but um, we have a long way to go. And I'm I don't want to get into this subject unless you want to get into it. But maybe we should talk I, about it sometime. I'm concerned that we're not we're not funding this uh, the rebuild that the president wants in a way that's going to produce what he wants and. Um, uh, you know, I hope he knows that. I'm a little bit concerned because he has a lot of things on his plate, but uh, we have a big hole to dig ourselves out from, and we haven't, you know, we haven't done it yet. It would be impossible to do it in two years. Yeah. I interviewed yesterday. I was at AEI, and I did a hour-long conversation in a public-like forum with the Secretary of the Army, and um, he has a good plan to rebuild the Army, uh, and it's to get us back to readiness, restore readiness of the current force by around 2022, and then have the new army he wants by 2028, which is not, uh, you know, an unambitious, uh, which is a plan. In other words, I'm not, I'm not blaming him for having that kind of timetable. There's a saying among those of us who do this national security stuff that, you know, you can, that, that policy is the product of capability and intention and you can change intention quickly, but you can't change capability quickly. Okay. You well, can't snap your fingers and produce a new, uh, long range precision fire, you know, a long range artillery or missile. Right. That, that takes time. Well, that's what I was. So it's interesting. You mentioned that because that's what I was going to, uh, uh, that's what I was going to ultimately get at uh, in terms of mapping out your future also. Because then when it was mentioned that you uh, should be running for governor, then I said in response that I said, yeah, but there's a strong possibility that uh, Jim Talent could have uh, a larger role in a 2020 administration. Because what happens is uh, when when – Administrations go from one term to the next term, and I, I, I have no doubt that President Trump will be, uh, if he wants to, will will get a second term. And so uh, at that point, it's not unusual for cabinets uh, to kind of uh, change over uh, and switch over. So so it wouldn't be a crazy idea that, that General Mattis, who is right now the Secretary of Defense, would not be the Secretary of Defense, for instance, in a second term. It's, would, it wouldn't be abnormal if, that, if some of these people didn't continue back. So there were people talking about the possibility of Jim Talon uh, being the next Secretary of Defense. Your name was actually mentioned uh, even when President Trump was elected the first time uh, as a possible Secretary of Defense. So, I'm, so it's funny you mentioned that element there because obviously there's got to be there could be a larger role for you down the line there yeah and this you bring up something which people should keep in mind that these kinds of things are very serendipitous you know people tend to 
people who follow politics tend to take a snapshot of where we are at any given time. And they tend to think, well, this is where we're going to be uh, two years, three years, four years, five years from now in terms of the politics and the personnel. And it's kind of interesting because that's never the case, right? In other words, we think that even though actual experience tells us that everything always works out very differently than what people are predicting. So um, you just don't know. And uh, there's, there's always, there's a lot of change. I, who knew Nikki Haley was going to resign when she right, did, right? right? So the bank of people who'd like to be ambassador to the UN were thinking, well, not that I'm sitting around waiting to be secretary of defense. I'll say on a personal level, Jamie, and I, I don't get a lot into my personal you know, experience or feelings about <clears throat> my political career. But, um, I, you know, I, I was in office or running for office for like 25 years from the time I was in my late twenties. So the thrill of all that on a personal level, uh, is, <clears throat> is something I experienced and don't need to experience again. I told somebody the other day, he was asking me about this. I said, you know, I kind of licked that plate clean uh-huh. <laughs> one, way or, one way or the other. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I'm sorry, if there's a job I can do, <clears throat> that would really have an impact. Um, I, yeah, I would consider doing that, but it's not something I feel like, uh, I need to do vocationally. So, um, and, and the other thing, Jamie, is that, and you know this, cause you're in this position, um, in, in terms of influencing events, you can do that from the outside very effectively. And, we, if you want to, sometime we'll talk for fifteen or twenty minutes about how a group of us um, tried to do that, and I think did do that on defense issues over the course of about five or six years. Yeah. Good ideas, of course, have enormous influence, and if you use them the right way, you can move the people who are in power to do things. Um, so it's nice of you to ask, and I, people do call me up, and it's 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 flattering. Um, but I don't see anything on the right on the horizon for me Well, right now. And that's, you know, for me, that's okay. I mean, I'm enjoying my life, what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, uh, here, here's the thing though. And, and people forget about this because, because it's interesting how there are individuals and usually they're, uh, more on the liberal side or the left side. When you talk about defense spending, they act like it's some kind of entitlement program being created by the federal government, and they forget that actually providing for our national defense is one of the very few enumerated powers of the federal government. And so, uh, so if anything, you know, and you can pretend, and I'm not going to be. Uh, I don't believe this, and, and so I, I wouldn't ab- abolish the Department of Education or whatever. But what I'm saying is, uh, in reality, if you had to decide what is more constitutionally in line with federal government duties, you could even say that actually uh, providing for our national defense is a higher priority than providing education. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that as a, as a point of of order yeah, here. because right. everything else depends on that, Jamie. I'm going to go down to the uh, <clears throat> Texas A&M next week. I'm going to be up on a panel about various kinds of threats. I'm going to talk about the threat of bioterrorism or a biological attack. We're going to talk about cyber. We're going to talk about nuclear. So let me just say a couple things. And if your listeners don't take anything away from 
this piece of the interview, but this, you know, take this away. Number one is that we are vulnerable today in the homeland and in our vital national interests in a way that has not been true uh, since the beginning of the Republic. Uh, and and we, are, we are vulnerable to nuclear attack, we're vulnerable to cyber attack, and we're vulnerable to a bio attack. And any of those could be on an, an existential level. That's not hyperbole. I, I don't know that there's a, 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 national, a, a person who follows this stuff, either in office or out of office, who would disagree with that statement. Number two, and, and the president makes this point a lot, and he's right. Um, if, it is far better to be strong rather than weak relative to those threats. In other words, it is better to have robust tools of power. And then the third thing is the first index of strength is the armed forces, uh, because they directly deter an attack on the country. They deter aggressors, but they also uh, strengthen, they give life and space and strength for the non-hard power tools to work, the economic sanctions and diplomacy and all the other things that we do depend on the perception by both friend and, and foe, if you will, uh, that we are, we are militarily strong. So it is always better to be strong relative to the threats. That is to have a margin of, of strength rather than to be weak. And right now, you know, we're spending, you mentioned money. So we're spending, and it just depends on what you count, okay? But we're spending about 3 to 3.5% of the nation's economy on the armed forces. So sorry, what, what's, what's know, that number again? Three and a half percent? About three to three and a half percent of the GDP on the armed forces. It depends on whether you count what we spend in what they call overseas contingency operations, current operations. Okay. So there is no way, there is no reasonable way to say that we could not afford the increase that we would need to do even what the biggest defense hawks in Washington want to do. And I'm probably the biggest which is to go to about 4%. We, we can afford that. The reason why we feel we can't afford it is because the federal budget is under such structural stress because uh, the, the, the three or four biggest safety net programs, we're collecting a lot less than we're spending. There was the revenue we're collecting for those programs is a lot less than what we're spending on those programs. And it is creating huge current deficits and out-year obligations that we are not funded and that we can't pay. So uh, the way I put it to people like this, Jamie, we're, we're like a, a family that's spending 60% on shel- of its income on shelter, you know, whether rent or a mortgage. And so the whole rest of the budget is getting stressed. And the way Washington is responding, if it were a family like that, it's saying, oh, okay, we got a budget problem. How, how can we cut the food budget, even though the kids aren't getting enough to eat? You know, how, how can we cut the health care budget, even though we have somebody who's chronically ill? And my response is, look, you got a budget problem, but it's not the food budget. you you got to address the, 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 the problem with what you're spending for rent or mortgage, right? And you address that either by reducing that or by getting another job so you get more income. But they don't want to do that. Because it's, that is difficult as a policy and political matter. And so they keep squeezing the rest of the budget. The way we're squeezing, squeezing the defense budget is not an answer to the budget problems. 
Jamie, it's a symptom of the budget problems. And we are imperiling the security of the American people. The Chinese in particular, and this is probably the best thing the president's done in two years is focus us on the national competition with China because they are stronger than we are in their region of the world, which is the entirety of East Asia and the Western Pacific. Right. So, and that is why you see them being so aggressive because they're stronger. It's, it's not that difficult. They're pushing everybody around and, and including increasingly pushing us around. And, and what we're doing is we're responding by saying, look, we're not backing down, but we're not building. We have not yet built and we can't build in just, you know, six months. It's going to take time build the strength to effectively deter them. So we're presenting, we're properly saying, look, we're not going to let you become uh, the hegemon of East Asia. We're not going to let you dictate who can sail, who can trade, who can move in the East and South China Sea. But unfortunately, they're, they're stronger than we are. And so, you know, my concern is that at some point they may decide to eliminate us as an obstacle. And people who think that can't happen, okay, that's exactly what happened in 1941. Right, right. Wow. We said to the Japanese, you can't do what you want in China. You can't have your East Asian co-prosperity <laughs> sphere. We're going to sanction you. We cut them off from oil. We're sanctioning the Chinese now, which I support, okay? And they finally said, well, we need to just eliminate this obstacle. Wow, yeah. And it's what, it's what I call provoking them without deterring them. So you can see why I'm concerned and why I focus on this. And I just am concerned that someday we're going to wake up and something really, really bad is going to happen. And the American people are going to go, well, where were the people who were supposed to be preventing this? Now, again, I really am serious when I say the Trump administration has done some hugely important and difficult things. Right. They've changed the policy. He's, he's, he's competing with China across a broad range of tools. They've created a strong bipartisan support for that in the Congress, which most people miss. Now, you're not seeing argument over this kind of stuff. This kind of these the policies he's doing there, and they're trying to rebuild the armed forces. They got a big increase in the defense budget, but it was about half of what we need. And my concern is that the new budget they're going to propose is, is does not make further progress on that. Now they will come back and say, and this is the Secretary of the Army basically said this yesterday that they don't have the capacity industrially. They don't have the programs ready. They, don't, they couldn't spend a lot of that money anyway. And that's a fair point, okay? But I just, uh, I'm concerned that, that we don't have the, the right sense of urgency throughout the national leadership about the importance of this, Jamie. And, um, you know, a few years ago, the NATO commander said, we are outranged, outgunned, and outmanned in Eastern Europe. Okay, so Putin, if he wanted to, uh, could conquer the, the the Baltic countries in a week, and those countries are in NATO. Wow! Uh, and yeah, and Jamie, I mean, I you you, you push my button here. No, I know. Well, this is how bad thing. it. Here's how bad it is. Let me just give you one other example. Yeah. Okay, so I I read a study by the Rand Corporation. There there are some couple of of good sort of uh, well, there's a number of good like defense organizations that study these things. And they said, they said, you know, we because Putin is not that strong compared to the Chinese. So we could deter Putin in Eastern Europe. We could stabilize that whole situation with essentially five or six brigades um, 
permanently posted in Eastern Europe. Uh, they'd have to be, many of them have to be heavy brigades. So you, you, they're different kinds of brigades, but you have four or 500 tanks with the supporting infrastructure. So that's like 25 to 35,000 men. And we could stabilize that situation if we had that in Eastern Europe. We don't have the men in the army to do that. Wow. Now we're a nation of 320 million people, Jamie. Right, right. And we could, we could, we could, we could basically guarantee that whatever else happened, we're not going to see outright aggression. And I agree that the probability of that is low. Okay, but if we posted twenty five, thirty five thousand men there, we don't have them. And then people argue with me. Well, the army is not too small. Hey, we have an active duty army of about four hundred and eighty five thousand men. And a nation of 320 million people. Now, we have the Guard and the Reserve, and there's all kinds of issues with that. So, And the secretaries, he knows. We talked about end strength yesterday. He's increasing that gradually, but this all this takes time. So you talked to General so, Mattis then? No, I talked to the Secretary of the Army. Oh, okay. Well, so there's okay. a Secretary of Defense, and each of the services then has a secretary right, right. who manages that service. It's Mark Esper, who's an ex- outstandingly qualified person. I, yeah. I did something I don't normally do when I introduced him. I really laid it on thick because <laughs> he's really good. I, I I told him privately, I said, I think you could go down in history as the Army's version of John Lehman, who was the Secretary of the Navy in the Reagan administration who built up the Navy. I, I think Mark is that good. But he doesn't, uh, I mean, he's going to need a lot of money, and it's going to take patience and an enormous effort over time because... One of the things the administration did that's so good, Jamie, is they they did a systematic, comprehensive survey of the defense industrial base and pointed out all the vulnerabilities, all the weaknesses, all the places where we don't have the productive capability to to move quickly. This is a result, and I've been I've been I can show you the first speech I gave in the House is on this subject. This is twenty five years of neglect. Wow. Twenty five years. Yeah. Through, what, four administrations? Jamie, it's so frustrating, and I watched it all those years and yelled and screamed. And, I mean, I, I mean, I, because it was so stupid. We had the finest armed forces, the most sophisticated, the finest, the, the greatest hedge against threats ever created. We still have the best people. Yeah. Okay. And spending modest amounts of money relative to, what we were spending on other things and relative to the nation's economy, uh, we could have sustained that and we didn't. That's amazing. And I, it's just, I, yeah, I, the, the idea that we only have, I didn't even know that we only, we have less than a half a million soldiers in the army, yeah. uh, for a country this size. It's like, wow, don't tell anybody. <laughs> now we have a reserve component yeah, and we have yeah. the national guard and they're very, very good. Yeah. Uh, but of course the, the problem there is, is they're not at the same level of readiness because they're reserves. Right. Right. right so right. you don't, and it takes time. I mean, the assumption behind them is that you're going to have a long war. And so, you know, in the first stage of the war, you get them ready and send them over. Well, the next was not likely this kind of a conflict, not likely to be a long one. So, um, I mean, they're just, yeah. And I, th- I remember I talked to my friends in the Freedom Caucus on, you know, Republicans, and I'm sure a lot of them are people that our base loves. And they, of course, don't want to spend money on anything. And I said, 
I said, you know, people all, people all say that you can't solve problems by throwing money at it. And I said, this is actually a problem you can solve by throwing money at <laughs> right, it. Right, exactly. No, I, I, I completely Jim, it's, and, and it's it, how we've won all our national competitions throughout history. We had more money than everybody else. <laughs> right. And it also, and, and again, it, it, it helps that it actually is one of the constitutionally defensible expenditures that the government can make. I mean, that's it you know. I counted one time. If you look at the enumerated powers in Article One that yeah. are given to Congress, I think now it's been years since I've done it, but this is a this is right or about right. There are seventeen enumerated powers, as I recall, and over a third of them, six of them, relate to the national defense. Yes. Now, some of them are like they can designate letters of mark. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're like seventeen ninety stuff. But yeah, it's it's clearly anticipated. Uh, Congress is the only thing that Congress is required to do. All those other powers are permissive; they don't have to exercise them. Okay, Congress didn't have to create a, a federal court system, for right. example. Right. But there's a there's a there's a provision in the Constitution that says that that the federal government shall defend the states from invasion. It is a mandatory requirement of the Constitution. So you're absolutely right. It, I mean, if there's only one thing the federal government does, and there are other things it should do, it should defend the country from threats. And of course, the nature of threats change over time. Um, we have a rudimentary missile defense system, for example. I just read Heritage's section on ballistic missile defense. We have a rudimentary system. We could probably, if the North Koreans Shots shot a missile at us, we could probably shoot it down. Probably. But we could have uh, a, a missile defense shield that, was, that had a very high probability of success if we had been vigorously funding and building it. But we don't. And part of that is money, and part of that is that the arms control community will tell you that missile defense is destabilizing because their theory is that if we defend ourselves... Other countries will build more nuclear weapons to get through our defense. It's like they're not building nuclear weapons now. The Chinese are modernizing and growing their arsenal. Yeah. Well, well, we haven't we haven't modernized. Uh, I mean, we have missiles that you know thirty five years old that, that we haven't modernized. Well, yeah. Well, we we. So have, my friend, you. Well, right ahead. here in, in, in right over at Scott, you know, we've got uh, air refuelers that are, you know. 30 years old, 40 years old. So, I mean, it's... it's yeah, it's, the Air Force is probably in the worst shape. Yeah. The average age of its airframes is like 28 years. Yeah, man. Which is the oldest in the history of the service. We have to replace the tankers. We have to replace the bombers. We have to replace um, our fourth-generation fighters with fifth-generation fighters. Right. Uh, we, ha we have a lot of needs because we've not been recapitalizing the service. Another example I use, Jamie, is... Uh, what, what would happen if UPS or FedEx decided it was going to stop buying new trucks? So what would happen to its fleet of trucks? They start getting old. They, they, you'd have to use them beyond their normal service life. Maintenance costs would go up. They'd become less reliable. And you're not, and, and suppose the corporate leadership said, well, we're doing this to save money. Aren't we great? We're saving money. Well, the response of the shareholders would be, you're not saving money. You're just pushing a liability down the road, and you're going to have a huge bow wave of capital investment you're going to have to make 
you're going to have to spend more money than you would if you had spent it in, in a regular basis, right? Right. And it's going to, and, and you're imperiling the future of the company. And that's what we've done. Yeah. Well, buddy, listen, I, I, I love talking to you about this stuff. And I, I think, you know, this is something that normally people, this kind of information that a lot of people just don't normally get. And, and, and it's really an important thing. I mean, as much as people talk about all this other stuff, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's the, the White House press room or what's going on there. The stuff that really matters to us in the long run and really affects our lives are what you're talking about right now. So uh, I appreciate it, brother. And I'm going to – I'm gonna. Um, uh, Take off. I'm going, to, I'm going to call my mom. It's her 90th birthday today. Okay. Well, let's. Oh, well, uh, give her my best. And I tell her many will. happy returns. 90. That is great. I know. She's doing good health, Jamie. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she's doing really well. She's got, you know, some of her. I worry about her knees sometimes, but, you know, she's doing great. She's doing well. That bodes well for you, my friend. You have uh, good genes in the family. Then. Well, you know, my grandfather you... lived to be 101. So he, he and, and he was also was uh, bald. So uh, I, I, I lost, uh, well, I, I lost my hair, but I still have my hair. But obviously I, uh, a little balding. So I figured maybe I picked up some of his genes. I figured if I'm going to get some of the balding genes, then I sure as heck should get some of the longevity ones at the same time, don't you think? That makes perfect sense to me. I don't know if a geneticist would agree. Now you're into genetics. Well, Jamie, he, we've covered the waterfront here. He, he didn't drink gin the way I do, but, uh, you know, but I, I'm hoping still that, that, that doesn't, that's not all. So you'll probably live to 102 then, right? <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. You never know. <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, good. Great talking to you. Have a great weekend and, uh, and always uh, so illuminating, Jim Talent. We love you, man. Right. Thanks, man. Okay, buddy. Bye. Take care. Yeah, I love Jim Taylor. He's, he's a he's a gem. Jim the gem. Jim is a gem. Jim is a gem. Yeah. I I hope my mom remembers I was going to call her. Talked to her last night because we were all together last night. It's her her ninetieth uh, birthday party. I love her. Don't kick me off Facebook for this. It's a birthday song. Hello. Hi, Mom. Happy birthday. Uh, well, thank you, sweetie. Did you call a little while ago and ring once? Uh, no. Oh, I'm just, okay. I'm just the calling now. Once and I just want I wondered whether whether it was you or not. It was about quarter to eight. That was probably just God checking in and saying happy birthday, mom. Probably. Oh, that's sweet of you. So, thank you, darling. Well, happy happy ninetieth birthday. I love you so much, thank and I just wanted to call and wish you a happy birthday. Thank you, sweetie. I really appreciate it. When you you're the first one to wish me a happy birthday outside of Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm up earlier than the rest. We're going to fix breakfast. So what, what do you have a, a radio show until when? Until uh, 9 o'clock. You're, you're actually on the, on the radio. You're actually on the radio show right now. 
Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's nice. I love you so much, dear. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah, well, I wanted to make sure that uh, that everybody knew, first of all, you are 90 years old and you're doing well. I just talked to Jim Talent, and he told me to wish you a happy birthday. And he asked, hey, is she doing in good health? I go, absolutely. She's in great health. And uh, yeah. she still smiles bright, and she's still got all that energy and verve and personality that <laughs> – I uh, have grown to know and love, and so I always I talk about you all the time. So it's people know, know who you, you are. <laughs> and thank you, goodness, you always say positive things. Of course, yeah. I mean, you and I. It's funny because I, I I know that we canceled each other's votes out on Tuesday. I get that, uh, but still, you know, you and I. I we were. I was bragging last night how uh, you and I are a great example of how uh, two people who might maybe think even a little differently about politics or whatever. Uh, Still, the the love and the connection and uh, and just everything that's what matters. And so, um, and you and I that's agree. Really actually, you and I yeah. agree on a lot. Anyway, though, you and I agree, we have long conversations, and uh, so yeah, we we do. We have wonderful conversations, and you're accepting of me, and I'm accepting of you. <laughs> yeah, of course. So that's really positive. Well, and speaking <laughs> speaking of accepting of me, now my mom, you know, in growing up, uh, we were. Uh, Thick as thieves, and 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 my mom. If, if it were not for my mom, I would not have you know um, <laughs> made it through high school or anything else. You were the most patient, loving, beautiful, <laughs> accepting, uh, coaching, nurturing, uh, beautiful presence in my life that um, I love. So, well, thank you, dear. I really appreciate that, and I and the same goes for you too. I love you, darling. Well, and you want? Wa- I wish it, you all the luck in the world. And I watched my mom transition from being, you know, the, the stay-at-home PTO volunteer at the library yeah. mom uh, and, and watched her. I, I love this story, and I'll tell this at, actually at your birthday party, so I'm, I'm going to actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna reveal a little bit here quickly. But I, I, uh, I grew up, and, and the transition was uh, the dining room table used to be uh, occupied with, uh, with patterns because my mom, who actually – was at one point going to be a clothing designer uh, and, yes. and an artist, and still is an artist because you make these beautiful quilts that my artist sister Luann <laughs> says are, could be anybody's, uh, any great artist quilt. But anyway, my mom used to have all these patterns. You know, you could buy those patterns at the store and make your own yes. clothes. And so you made your own clothes and you made clothes for other people too. And so the, the dining room table always always had these patterns on it. Uh, and then it went from a dining room table full of patterns to a dining room table full of books uh, and, right. and <laughs> on how to become an uh, awesome insurance, life insurance agent. And my mom, I'll be darned if she didn't become a life insurance agent and then actually become, became one of the best life insurance agents at Lincoln National, for crying out loud. So uh, yes, that was uh, cool that to was watch you do that. I, I, I won a trip over to Hawaii. I know. Yes. <laughs> well, it's it's And that was one of the guys said he never <laughs> thought I'd make it. <laughs> As I sat, sat doing getting uh, uh appointments in the morning and he said I never thought you'd make it but I ended up with a office of my own. <laughs> I love it. And you you just didn't, keep, you, you taught me so much keep about reinventing yourself. Yes. You taught me so much about joy and about uh, letting things roll off your back and about carrying on and about just uh, powering through and doing it in a joyful, smiling way. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think there are conversations go by where my mom isn't laughing 
a hundred times during it about something. So I loved it. And yeah. uh, you are the best and I appreciate you so much. And, and uh, you, uh, you, uh, you are to whom I owe my love of feminine power and strength and uh, beauty and softness all at the same time. So oh my God. that's who you are. <laughs> I love you, Tom. <laughs> I could listen to you all day. I <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, I love you so sweet. much. I love you, darling. Okay. You're a, a good son. Well, I, I, Thank I'm you for gl- calling. I hope so. And happy birthday, Mom. And, and I so love you. And I look forward to seeing you tonight at the gallery and seeing yes, all I your beautiful too. quilts and everything else. So have a, have a good I morning. Thank you, sweetie. Okay. I love you, darling. I love you, too. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Right, see you. She's a sweetie. Love her. Call Doug. Jamie. Doug! How are you, brother? How's your nine-year-old mom, man? Oh, I just got off the phone with her. I had to catch my breath, man. I'm, I'm just like, you know, get so emotional. I love her. She's 90 years old. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, I, I yeah. mean, she's the best. So. No, good moms are uh, just like good dads. They're, they're, uh, they're a rare commodity nowadays. Boy, they really are, and 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 the and and I'm so grateful, uh, grateful to God to have her in my life and have had her in my life. She taught me a lot, man, and my dad did too. And I, I I was really really lucky, and actually they they taught me a lot about being a dad to my kids. So uh, just really, that's it's 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 been an amazing uh, amazing run. So she's really something. Hey, let me ask you let me ask you a question about uh, your mom and how she interfaced with you. Um, uh, back in the day, was she forever staring at her uh, Facebook profile and, <laughs> and on social media? No, I mean I think I think the one thing that my mom did <clears throat> before she started working, well outside the home at least, uh, my mom would would chat on the phone when I was a little kid. Like she'd be on the phone maybe with one of her friends, and that would allow me to grab pots and pans out of the bottom and 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 play around and do stuff but i usually had about a a 15 minute window where i could do whatever i wanted to do while she was on the phone but then it was all bets were off and she was she was on me like white on rice most of the time so yeah no never had facebook never had the the cell phone texting nothing no <laughs> right i was um i was down in miami uh a couple years ago uh visiting going back to the place where we used to uh terrorized for 20 years and stuff and i was on on sunny isles beach at uh, starbucks forgive me for going there but it was the only coffee option uh close by before we went out uh, offshore and started fishing and i'm sitting there waiting uh, uh to get my uh skinny macchiato half double decaf <laughs> spider monkey urine pumpkin spice lace uh beverage uh from the barista and I'm sitting there looking at this uh, beautiful uh, young mother. Uh, I, I think it's a mother. And I uh, had this two-year-old uh, beautiful little girl. And um, they're right on the, on the, on the walkway there on uh, A1A, right on the ocean. And uh, this little kid is wandering off from mommy or nanny. I don't know who the hell it was. <laughs> but whoever was overseeing it, I could have snatched that kid and uh, sold it into uh, slavery. That lady had no idea what that kid was doing. 
no concern, not talking to it, no dialogue. And I saw that kind of crap repeated time and time again, especially uh, in South Florida. Mothers on the phone all the time, talking on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, completely ignoring their kids and uh, just turning videos on. And uh, I tell you what, those those kind of kids morph into the Menendez brothers uh, when they're 19 and they want their frickin' inheritance. Yeah, well, that's you know that's one of those things where you know if, all you have to do when you when you have a, have a kid and you want them to do something and they say uh, one second uh, or, or I'll do it in a second, I'll do it this, I'll do it that. Uh, and then uh, you wonder why they say that, and it's usually because you've been saying that the whole time. Whenever they wanted something, something else, uh, you were involved in something else, and so you made them wait. Now, now it's no wonder they're making you wait, you know, to do something. So uh, you definitely. Yeah, I, know, I know I'm on a I know I'm on a social media tear right now, but uh, a couple of the captains that I follow down in Miami. Uh, uh, both of them in particular have incredible uh, charter business, very successful captains. They know where the fish are. They know what tides to milk. And, uh, and so I, I'm on their feed and I'm, you know, I'm definitely pining to get back uh, to Miami and, and go fishing, as you could tell. And <laughs> stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm landlocked here in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so this one captain in particular will show videos and they're in this beautiful, you know, just, Gorgeous Atlantic water teeming with fish. It's the super highway of all the major uh, big game uh, species and stuff. And the frickin' clients, most of them young clods, are staring at their phones <laughs> instead of just enjoying, you know, this God-kissed terra firma and being in the lap of frickin' luxury, which they are the 1% of the 1% if they're on any one of the, these two boats. And there these dullards are, and, uh, and the, this one captain goes, look, these dumbasses are looking at their phones instead of looking at this weed line, instead of looking at, you know, the sailfish, instead of looking at these monster sharks that we got chummed up at the back of the boat. They're on their phones. Wow. That's crazy. Bro, life, will pass, life will pass you by, man. Unplug. I tell you, uh, getting kicked off Facebook, Jamie, I don't miss it one bit, man. Absolutely feel like I got freed from some psychotic girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, your site, man, I mean, I don't know what you've done. I, you've done a few things to your site because it's, uh, it's absolutely, you know, it was, it's not like it wasn't clean before, but, man, this is, this is like it is – you have really – it is laid out. It is like uh, screaming beautiful and uh, ClashDaily.com, man. I, I, I love it. So – uh, and, and, and we're about to um, we're about to do a post uh, here in a few seconds. It's about the the um, massacre that occurred in California. Yeah. Eleven people murdered in the mass shooting there in Thousand Oaks. First, before I get into this, uh, I get a I get a text uh, yesterday. I'm not going to say who it is. Very uh, very important guy in the conservative movement. That part of California, by the way, uh, heavy conservative area. Yeah. Anyhow. So, so uh, I get a text. He said, my son was at the bar uh, when the gunman opened fire. The gunman pointed the gun at him and, uh, and didn't shoot him. Now, check this out. Not only is that a, you know, OMG, uh, uh, just <laughs> very, very lucky, very blessed at that juncture, but his daughter uh, uh, was supposed to be there with her brother that night. She got in a car wreck that afternoon and wasn't able to go to the nightclub with them 
uh, that evening. Tell me, tell me, there's not some kind of sermon, some kind of lesson in that, man. Wow. What you think what you think's a bad is a bad deal? Like, oh my gosh, I just totaled my car. It, I just ruined the plans with hanging out with you know the buddies uh, at the country and western bar tonight. This sucks. I got to deal with this. Sorry, guys, I can't come. And then eleven people were murdered where you were supposed to be. Wow. That's yeah. that that's that's incredible. Now, you know, I'm I'm wondering and of course I don't want to be too cynical about it, but but I'm wondering and it's got to come within the next day or so cuz I think everybody's so preoccupied with other stuff, but eventually President Trump will be blamed or someone will regarding this PTSD issue with this uh with this marine uh, and and it's gonna it's gonna they're gonna figure out some way. I know they've already gone after the extended uh, magazine or whatever the hell that was, uh, but but I know I know now they're gonna they're gonna uh, pursue this situation with the PTSD deal. And this is just another example of somebody falling through the cracks. You know, I mean, it's um, right. You can't account for it, really. Well, um, I believe uh, he was apprehended in April of this year. And uh, for for going bonkers at his house, his mother said she was terrified of him. Uh, the the cops did a fifty one fifty on him, which you know they <laughs> they had him for seventy two hours to find out if he was nuttier than a squirrel turd. And the the person examining him said, "Nah, he's fine." And the mother's saying, "No, he's not fine." And uh, so again, you know, it's just like Cho Sung Wee and the Virginia Tech massacre. You know, they're like, we got to ban guns. Like, no, you morons in the uh, uh, psychiatry and the therapeutic community, you need to talk uh, to the people who do, do background checks. So this this nutter doesn't get a hold of guns because they knew he was uh, bad crap crazy. And uh, they didn't communicate it uh, with the FBI and the proper authorities. And, you know, same thing with uh, the guy who shot up Parkland uh, down in uh, Plantation, Florida. What, 89 times? They interfaced with this kid, and nobody saw fit uh, to to uh, uh, not take this cat's guns away and do some kind of thing while his adopted parents were still alive. Now, it's, uh, and, and and going back to the magazine stuff, yeah, uh, that was banned in California, by the way. Yes, uh, and uh, that's a gun-free zone. So they they had the most stringent laws on magazine capacity. Uh, where you can, can and cannot take a, a firearm and, you know, there it is, man. The, all that stuff happened within three minutes. The first responders, a cop that was going to retire, uh, comes running into the fire and like the, uh, uh, Parkland high school, uh, Broward County cowards, uh, that, that did nothing but, you know, cow behind a, a car and stuff. And, uh, yeah, the cops showed up as fast as they could with the best of the best, but, you know, in three minutes it's already done. I guarantee a bouncer with a gun, club owner with a gun, even a tiny little gun, even though this guy sounded like he was keyed up on on uh, rage and ammo and stuff. Right, right. Uh, most of these guys aren't Rambos when you start pouring lead down on them. Yeah, no, no doubt. And and that guy who wandered in, uh, the, the police officer who went in right to the line of fire, man, that was just like, uh, that's a, that's a, that's an incredible act of bravery. And 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 he and he did everything right. I mean, but but of course, this guy who was doing the shooting was also a uh, tactician as well. So that became that became an issue. But nonetheless, it was a 
quite quite an event. So I, I was, here's, go ahead, man. Can, can I? Sorry, Jamie. Yeah. I gotta I gotta bring this up, man. I gotta I gotta point this out because yeah. you know the feminists are like, we don't need men. We don't need men to protect us. You know, we don't. Uh, you know, misandry and man hatreds, the soup du jour and the sassy postmodernism. Well, at that bar, the borderline bar and grill, I don't know if you've seen this. We're about to put it up on Clash, man. But uh, the girls said the guys formed a barrier, uh, turned their backs, got on their knees, huddled down in a dog pile, turned their backs to the shooter to protect uh, the girls from getting strafed by this moron. Wow. Yeah, go ahead. I did, well, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> especially, if you're, especially if you've been checking CNN to see what kind of fake news that they're uh, churning this morning. Oh. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just coming across in the interviews after, after the massacre where they're talking to some of these girls. This one girl said that uh, her, her buddy... And again, these are country and western. You know, Jamie, us rednecks, us rubes, yeah, <laughs> us lion dancers. Yeah, these these young men uh, were not pussified. One of them threw a freaking stool through a window, picked the girl up, threw her through it uh, after he cleared the glass and stuff. And the other ones uh, knelt down, uh, again, like I said, around a group of girls and stuck their backs to the shooters, man. Those guys need to be high-fived and uh, celebrated forever because they did what men used to do, uh, protect the most vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, that, that really is, man, I'm, I, that's, a, that's quite a story. I'm glad you guys are putting that up. And, and, you know, it's interesting, too. We saw what happened, you know, obviously with, with uh, Tucker Carlson and his home. It's been so interesting to hear from all these people, uh, uh, you know, on the left and in the media about how under siege they are. And then, and then nothing obviously happens to them. And then suddenly, ha- suddenly something happens to a conservative commentator and journalist like uh, like Tucker Carlson, and it's crickets. I mean, I think CBS covered it, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Again, you know, we're the violent ones. We're the the terrorists, according to uh, <laughs> according to the leftists. But you know, uh, I didn't see any riots when we lost the house. The streets were pretty quiet. <laughs> right. You know, I didn't see tons of protests. We're not. We're not stopping traffic and smacking old ladies with uh, nightsticks and stuff, uh, trying to get into the Starbucks in Portland, Oregon. But the left will do it. And James Woods put out a tweet. He said, uh, you, you come banging down my door, and uh, that's a death wish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I mean- uh, you know, Jamie, you you gotta you gotta grab somebody uh, 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 from a that's got a great legal mind in regards to these kind of altercations. So, what kind of recourse? And I know it varies from state to state, but like, you know, in Texas, you don't do that. You don't even get on the property, much less start cracking the door open. I'm telling you right here and now, unless uh, it's some lawyer, you can. You can dredge up, uh, can give me some uh, differing counsel. If somebody's coming in and smashing my door and yanking it to where it cracks, they're going to get a load of double-off buckshot coming through the other side after I give them fair warning. Hey, don't crack my front door. Please get off my property. You're not welcome here. Well, here's, you know, because you know, there are some people who claim, you know, you can't shoot through a door. But I said the same thing. I, but, but the bottom line is, though, if somebody is actually pounding on your door and, and, they're, and, they're, and the door is cracking at that point, I'm telling you what, I'm, I am 
I am blasting away. I don't, I don't give a, I don't care what the little intricacies are. Uh, I am blasting away at these people. Yeah, I, I might, I might let them come through. You know, just, uh, just to make sure that uh, right. when I do go to court, and it, it could be a liberal judge right. here in Austin, it's like, okay, right. yeah, the door was open. We got video cameras everywhere, and uh, as soon as you know, they, they, <laughs> they cleared it off the hinges. Uh, I gave them a little how to do from my Winchester Model twelve hundred. Yeah. Okay. The, the, okay. I'll let them come through then. Yeah. I think you're right. You probably. You probably. Well, as long as letting them, at that point, it's a non-issue. As long as you're right there, ready to rock, letting them come through is uh, is probably one extra step that you could probably take. No, I got a perfect choke point, man. My stairs uh, right up, right in front of the front door. So they they're like, bam, bam, we're gonna kill you, Doug. Let us in. Our skinny arms are getting tired of uh, beating on it, and they start trying to. Uh, uh, take it off its hinges, then all of a sudden, boom, it comes off. They don't look to the high elevation uh, nest that I'm at right now. It's like, hello, boom. <laughs> you sh- that was a bad idea. You robbed the wrong house. <laughs> well, and again, I can't, you know, that that's the whole thing, though, is is that, you know, with the exception of this dude with the Bugs Bunny bombs down there in Florida, um, I, there's there has not been one instance where a Trump supporter or Trump people have uh, surrounded anybody, attacked anybody in a restaurant or, you know, even surround like Jim Acosta, you know, heaven forbid a bunch of Trump supporters just say CNN sucks to him. And suddenly that constitutes some major abuse of the First Amendment and uh, on his part uh, for him. And and, and yet I was surprised they haven't they haven't covered this Tucker Carlson thing. But, you know, at that point, you you believe all bets are off. I mean, that that was potentially a a violent confrontation. And uh, they're just they're just ignoring it. It shocks me, man. Shocks me. Yeah. With the with the what's the guy's name that that was killed at the Turkish embassy, the the Saudi. Yeah, Khashoggi. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 That was that was a big deal to them. But Tucker Carlson, uh, and again, you know, it's like, well, he didn't get killed. He didn't get his body torn uh, limb to limb. Uh, you have no idea what would happen if that door would. I mean, what, you know, say that that door gave way and his wife's in there. I, I don't know if, her, if his daughters, I don't think they were at home. Yeah, no, they weren't there. But, um, yeah. Why, so you'd think the likes of Don Lemon and Anderson Cooper and, and uh, Cuomo and stuff that they would, especially in their line of work. Uh, that they would uh, give a rat's backside that this kind of stuff is being fomented by the likes of uh, the, the soon-to-be Speaker of the House and uh, the head of the uh, soon-to-be head of the what Ways and Means, Maxine Waters. Right. And uh, and you're right, Jamie. Conservatives don't do that. We got jobs. We're busy. We're uh, live and let live. And uh, but the leftists—that's their only recourse because they're they're. Uh, Worldview is untenable. It's been tried and found wanting. Now it's time for bullying and violence and group conformity. Yeah, I mean I, that that's that's uh, that's like totally uh, unbelievable. And I just I, I at some point I do believe that we're going to have a situation where um, we uh, we wind up with some confrontation that's not going to go well uh, for people, and and in fact might even be a situation where. 
uh, somebody gets killed, and then suddenly it's like, I wow, you know. I'm, I'm oh, by the way, I was wondering. Are you the only? Per- am, am I the only person who who was hoping that uh, that John James would win that Senate seat in uh, in Michigan just so we could say Senator F and John James? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, no, you're not. I, I also too was uh, uh, pine, pine for that result. Isn't it, isn't it awesome that you can get a quote unquote journalist, a white uh, uh, chubby chick, and uh, she can lambaste uh, a black accomplished uh, 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 American, and you don't hear diddly squat about it. But I guarantee, man, Jamie Allman does it. Doug Giles does it. You reverse the roles and make us the. Uh, saying X about uh, uh, Z, it would be news twenty four seven placard all over the place. Hey, you know? no, yeah, no doubt about it. I was surprised. I mean, it was like it was kind of like it's interesting how he gets defeated, and there's not any talk about racism. But Gillum gets defeated, and it's because everybody's racist. It's like what? I don't, I don't, I don't understand the rules here. Hey, buddy, how's your how's your art going? Art's going great. Trumpinator and Red Wave are killing it. Uh, I think Mr. and Mrs. Smith comes in third. Uh, the Trump Wanted poster is in fourth. T-shirts are available for it now. It's, uh, it's hilarious. But, um, you know, coming into 2020, man, and we need to, we need to, uh, <laughs> we need to wear our colors loud and proud. And uh, the best way to do it is funny artwork uh, over to um, – yeah. uh, keepembear.com, clashdaily.com, click your mouse, melt your plastic, and uh, trigger your liberal aunt when she rocks up at your house this Christmas with a Trumpinator painting. I'm telling you, DougGiles.art is also the direct way there. And, uh, man, and all, not only that, man, you've got some really – your oil paintings and, and all the charcoal, that's that's some good stuff. I mean, you've got some really cool – got even one this this awesome portrait of King David, dude. I mean, yeah, that one, uh, that one's got a lot of press, man. A lot of prints, uh, uh, have gone from that, uh, painting means a lot to me. Uh, David, when he was in his fifties, uh, well, I, I'm out. That's a whole show on its own. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that some other time, but, um, uh, yes. And if the, if your listeners, if they put, uh, when they order, if they send me a memo saying Xmas 2020, uh, 20% off uh, uh, commissions, uh, originals, and prints. So right. Christmas 2020. Yeah. I love it, man. It's, it's really it's really good stuff, and it's fun stuff. And the Trumpinator is is just absolutely one of my favorites, and I'm, I'm picking that up. So, uh, And the Trump Wanted poster is cool, too, so uh, loving that. All right, brother. Well, listen, uh, thanks for the time, man. And, and you know what? You talk about this deep-sea fishing in Florida – Golly, I one time was down in Key West with my dad a long, long time ago, and it was just a it was one it was a one hit wonder there. But I got to go back there and do that. Do you still get back to Florida and do it a lot? Yeah, if you want to, okay. if you want to uh, do it, man, we can go 
crush the sharks or the sailfish and uh, have a great time, man. Yeah. I want to do I want to do, no, do nothing but fish. All my buddies are like, hey, let's go here and let's go there and let's go to South Beach. Like, man, screw that. I want to fish. That's it. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm I'm in. So we'll we'll talk more about that. And appreciate you as always. And want to give you an update too, brother, uh, because you know Doug and I. We talked about Clash Daily TV. And dude, I, I I had on Monday we had the arbitration in the federal case. Um, and just to make a long story short, because it's nine oh two, but 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 to make a long story short, bottom line is I am absolutely free and clear. The case is over, and I have no. Uh, non-compete restrictions whatsoever. I'm I'm going to hook up with a radio station here, and also, by the way, I all my advertisers now I can talk to and communicate with. Where I I had a two-year moratorium on that, and that's gone. So I am free and clear. So I'm ready to rock, man. And we we're we're ready to go with you and Clash Daily TV. So I'll talk to to you more about that. But look for more. Uh, uh, expansion with uh, Doug Giles, you guys. And so I just want to let you know about that, brother. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it worked out well. I mean, you know. Congratulations. Well, bro. the whole thing was is like, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, I could have waited uh, a year from now, which is when the trial was going to go. I could have waited for, a, for an off chance that a jury or a judge would give me like 200, 300 grand or whatever, like a third of what I wanted or whatever. Or I could just simply... Uh, Cut it all off now and make that money in about three months. You know what I'm saying? So, so I I decided I was going to go ahead and do and and be free to do what I do best. I, I'm I'm a much better broadcaster than I am a person sitting around waiting for a jury or a judge to help me out. So, bro, I, I'm telling you right now, if there was a if there was a booth, then they're giving out hundred dollar bills, and I had to wait longer than. Uh, a minute to get it, I'm, I'm going to do something else. You know? <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, brother, well, have a good weekend. You too, Jamie. Stay okay, ready. man. All right, you too. That's great. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, that, that's the whole thing about this case. I'm, I'm, that's one of the best things that happened to me. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess technically they might be able to say that they want – I mean, they can say whatever they want to say about the case. And, and, and the, other, the other great thing is that um, I refused absolutely to, uh, to do any, like, non-disparagement or assign anything that kept me from laying waste on that company uh, whenever I want to. And so I refused to sign anything that related to me keeping quiet about what a bunch of a-holes – run intercom and and i can say whatever the hell i want to and because they are and 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 their attorneys aren't much better i'll tell you that they're they're jackasses too and i I, and and i had to and i had to keep my mouth shut uh throughout most of those proceedings because they had some dude there with his little resting bitch face attitude and then they had some attorney there who's trying to intimidate me i could have gotten up and punched his face but instead i sat there listened to it Knew what I was, knew what I wanted, and I was free and clear. But, uh, but, the, but the non-disparagement thing is great because let me tell you something: Intercom sucks, and so does ninety-seven-one. So I'm just telling you right off the bat that's that's the bottom line. And and I'll look forward to the day when I'm taking these guys on, and it it won't be long, and I'll I'm going head to head with these mothers, and it's going to be fun, just like I told you it would be. Just letting you know. And they can say whatever they want about me, too, which is great. 
knock yourselves out. But I'm coming for you, just so you know. So thank you for this wonderful opportunity. <laughs> All right, people. Thank you to Golden Oak Lending, goldenoaklending.com, 314-567-GOLD. I thank you to Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. 45 years in window art business. Call it art because it is. It's beautiful. Thank you also to my friend Matthew Mitchell, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME for low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time, people. All at the same time. Good morning. Don't fence me in. Don't fence me in either. Don't try to fence me in. So such thing as a fence to me. Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Thank you to Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Love those guys. Vogel Road and Arnold. Got a story to tell you about uh, one of uh, Mike's biggest helpers there in terms of getting a hold of all the greatest liquor you're going to find anywhere, Southern Glazers. And I appreciate them a lot. Philip over there is helping me out. He's actually giving me some juice for my mom's party, which is great. Thank you, buddy. Southern Glazer. They're there, one of the best liquor distributors in St. Louis area and beyond. So love these guys. Thank you to Naputi Wellness. NaputiWellness.com. Rick and Tracy Ellis, TracyEllis.com. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Nutrition HQ. I'm about uh, 20 minutes away from going to see my buddy Ricky Hall. Veteran-owned, NHQ.rocks for all of your needs. For the guys, it's Winoline and Virilitat. For the ladies, it's Ladyline and... All the ways for you to stay in shape, keep your metabolism up there and everything else, and stay healthy. Nutrition HQ. Manchester McKnight and Rock Hill. All right, folks, have a good one. Have a great weekend. Happy birthday, Mom. Love you guys. Thanks. Thanks.